Hello and welcome to episode 146 that we finally got off the ground of the Schnozcast. I'm your host temporarily this week, uh, Nick Bader, joined by our very special guest, Greg Gumtow, my faithful co-host Corey Seleski, and live from Seattle, Washington, Mr. Todd Money Dillon. You may Word. notice our good friend and host, Dr. Bob McGillicuddy-Rankin, is off on a lover's retreat this weekend. As you all know, he stopped drinking this month, so here's to hoping that him and his lady friend are making sweet, sober whoopee tonight. We miss you, buddy. I hope you got that, that smooth my balls. <laughs> yeah, I hope you got that, too. Uh, so we're coming to you live from Whitmore Lake, uh, Michigan, tonight uh, at a temporary location, so hopefully everything runs just as smoothly as it started. Um uh, and as smoothly as it does in the Schnozcast studios. So uh, starting off right away, if you guys uh, haven't tried listening to us on any other platform, make sure to check us out in high-definition audio on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. You can also like, follow, or subscribe to us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that great stuff, at Schnozcast. And don't forget, we do have an email. Bob is begging people to email us at schnozcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to communicate with us during the show in real time, you can text us at 618-SHOCKER. The Shocker line. We might get that cut out by Arthur, but... Arthur who? <laughs> Penn and Teller. Arthur Penn and Teller. If I keep calling him the wrong name, then he's not real. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> the infamous Arthur Penn and yes. Teller. <laughs> yes. That's that's how I know him. So only only people in Michigan are going to get that reference. Everybody else is like, yeah. who are they talking about? I know. Hey, there's a lot of Michiganders out here. I know who they're talking about. <laughs> Todd, how are you, sir? I'm doing awesome. 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 That's pretty fantastic. What uh, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? I am drinking. I'm back on the uh, Crown Apple for my shot, and I got my uh, New Belgium Brewings. Uh, Voodoo Ranger V2K. Ooh. IPA. How is that? It's fabulous. It's a little bit a little bit of light grapefruit and guava. So it's uh really, really nice. Yeah, I've actually I picked up for tonight um Pumpkin with no G ale by Dogfish Head Brewing Company. It's actually yeah, it's they, actually pretty good. They make good beers. Pretty good. They uh one of their one of my favorite beers. Um if you ever uh Want to spend a year one night? Just get a couple of these uh, 120 minute IPAs. That yes, that that they can't even put a percentage, an exact percentage on. They actually say this this beer can be anywhere from 20 to 30 percent by volume for one one beer. So I had half of one one night, and uh, it felt like I drank half of a fifth, but it was fantastic. It was a very nice buzz. So if you get a chance, check that out by Dogfish Head Brewing Company. Corey, you got anything for uh, housekeeping, buddy? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just trying to calm myself down now after that rush to try and get everything ready. Yeah. Rush. The rush. <laughs> Todd, I don't want to hear it. A rush to be late? Yeah. Story of his life. The rush to be late. God, he needs that tattooed somewhere. How, I might have it tattooed somewhere already. <laughs> I have a feeling you're you you're gonna get a tattoo somewhere. You just haven't gotten around to it. I'm working on it. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Well, moving right along. Uh, does anybody anybody have booze news for this week? I have booze news. What you got, Todd? Oh, hold well, on. Th- Never mind. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me uh, uh, try and squeeze in there. And booze news. It's time for booze. That's nice. And now it's time for booze news. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So my booze news is, uh, and I actually saw it. I had to read about this because I'm like trying to figure. I think this will be great for uh, for young newly newlyweds out there. Uh, or people who aren't married but don't want to have kids. Male contraceptive bath device invented in Germany wins the Dyson Award. Male contraceptives have been previously been rejected for several reasons, but COSO offers a user-friendly friendly contraceptive that is easy to use without physical intervention, pain, or side effects. How about that? Wow. The, in, the industrial design graduate Rebecca Weiss has created a groundbreaking device, a testicular ultrasonic bath, that could that could function as a method of male contraception. So a, basically, a bath. You just dip, just wash you tea your bag. Yes, you tea bag a warm bowl, and it shoots ultrasonic pulses out, and uh, <laughs> it deters your sperm for six months. Yeah, yeah, it's reversible. Okay, painless. So, so what? Do you so use? I'm like, I'm just like, so do you like? hang out in your living room while the boys are over watching football and you got your balls soaking. Like, what are you doing? Watch your junk out. I'm uh, soaking my balls so I don't make any babies. I mean, according to this podcast, uh, at any given point, you could be hanging out with your buddies and getting pegged in the next room or ultra, <laughs> ultra, ultrasonically dipping your balls in the next. So, the, this what, what about a combination? Won- <laughs> Both at the can, same time. Can you ultrasonically clean your balls while getting pegged? Daniel's it like, feels- <laughs> Corey, lower, get get him in that bowl. Sometimes it's hard. And then to, I'll slide in. Sometimes it's hard to keep that arch in my back that she likes. Did you fart again? No. Is it smell? God, please is don't. Is it lingering? It might be. It's probably lingering. Oh, I shit my pants. Yeah. yeah. Dude, dudes, this thing won Dyson's Innovation Award. The Dyson Engine, you know, the Dyson Vacuum Company. They, do, they, ho- they host innovation uh, contests all the time, and this thing actually won an award this year. And so this thing is probably going to make it to market. So you guys will see lots of dudes hanging out in their living room, soaking their balls. Yeah, what's the babies? How long? How long do they have to do they have to soak? And it's like, do you use your own vessel? Like, is it something that mounts the vessel, or does it actually come with? It comes with. Um, my bad. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that seems about right. So there's a picture of it. It's it's, it's called the it's called the Coso C O S O. There's a picture of it. Uh, it doesn't Dang. say how long uh, it takes, but I, I think it's going to be since it's a warm, soothing bath. I mean, if it takes an hour all day, who cares? Yeah, I'm sorry. This <laughs> is music filled our headphones of, of some rock music just blaring, and Corey's the only one hooked up to any device <laughs> and the mixer, and he's just looking around the room like, where's that coming around, from? I didn't look around there. I knew where it was coming you, from. You just had this look. You didn't move. I muted it. That, not very quickly. I those, didn't expect to start playing. I thought I already had my computer Those fucking Tin Man muted. arms <laughs> took a while to get up to that computer. <laughs> I got it taken care of. Don't, no worries. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Todd. Todd, Todd give, give that out again. <laughs> what, what am I giving out again? The, what was the name of the thing? 
The name is it's COSO, the COSO. COSO offers a user-friendly contraceptive approach that is easy to use without any kind of physical intervention, pain, or previously known side effects. New technologies only work. Uh, uh, the male contraceptive, uh, again, it, uh, no swelling, uh, no pain, uh, just a, a nice warm bath with ultrasonic. I, that just sounds good, like ultrasonic, you know, the pulsing water. Uh, just teabagging a little bowl in your living room while you eat some Cheetos watching the game. That sounds great. Yeah. And no babies. And six months later, you either you, you get off the wagon or you and, and start making babies or you start all over again. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna dip my balls again. <laughs> <laughs> Greg seems to be all about this. Yeah, how do you know? No, like uh, how how are you how do you figure out like, oh, guess that wore off. Had a baby again. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> Honey, I think it's time for another dip. <laughs> it's your third one this month. <laughs> yeah, really. And, honestly. and if, it, if it works pretty quickly, that's the other thing, too. I mean, now you're not carrying uh, condoms around in your wallet that are prone to to getting uh, damaged. Now you just carry a little, you put it in your fanny pack, take it with you. Hey, I, while we're walking through while we're getting hot and heavy, let my, my nuts soak for a little bit. And... <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like that's it'd be... Easier to still carry around a condom than carry around your nut soaking machine. Your ultrasonic ball washer three thousand. I mean, would it though? Honestly, <laughs> I got. I, I guess I'm wrong. And I guess I'm wrong. And it's it's keeping you clean and sterile. So that's exactly that's fantastic. Um, we should market a towel to dry your balls off, just specifically for this. Oh yeah, nice Is, microfiber. <laughs> yep. I bet I bet you could sell a bunch. This this could be a good idea, guys. Is this? A, oh, and and you're getting upset at me for playing music. That was okay. you. That was you. That was me. That it's was the you. Music cast. Yeah, that's true. But didn't Spotify say what? What was it that Bob had sent us about Spotify now saying that uh, you can play music uh, royalty free? Yeah, but we're not streaming on Spotify right now. Damn it! So we'll have, we'll have to get on top of that. Word. Speaking of which. Uh, speaking of your balls. Oh, boy. Yes, sir. Yeah. The, this episode, this this very smooth, smooth running episode, much like the smooth balls after being dipped in an ultrasonic pool um, or after using uh, some of the following. Uh, smoothmyballs.com, body and below the belt grooming in a whole new ball game. Smoothmyballs.com presents the Turf Chopper 3.0, which has premium alloy blades and is water resistant so you can take it in the shower or the sink. Shaving your body and below the belt shouldn't be a task where you have to worry about nips and cuts. The Turf Chopper 3.0, some people don't like the name, features a no-scrape technology so you never have to nip that sack again. For 20% off, you can use a promo code schnozcast. Or if links are your thing, then you can go to smoothmyballs.com forward slash schnozcast. Smoothmyballs.com, the perfect gear to upgrade your grooming routine and help you grab life by the balls. That's our sponsor. My balls. Yeah. Smooth balls. So I actually, uh, I actually had something as well. Uh, so it says here that um, the Nightmare on Elm Street house is listed for three point five million dollars. That's it. That's it. Let's pool our money Corey, right now. Corey, you want to go in and buy this? Todd, you got a hundy on it? Uh, I got a hundy. Sweet. I'm in for a hundy. So it says, uh, uh, October 21st, the Los Angeles home from the 1984 movie A Nightmare on Elm Street has been listed for sale. 
in time for Halloween at an asking price of $3.5 million. The three-bedroom Spalding Square house listed by reality agency Douglas Elliman was purchased previously for two point one in 2003 by Hustlers director Lauren Scafaria. The two-story house served as uh, protagonist Nancy Thompson's home in Wes Craven's classic slasher film and was the location of the character's final showdown with the iconic serial killer Freddy Krueger. It's so much fun bringing this house to market during this historic real estate inventory shortage. Really? Is there, is there that much of a shortage? I mean, I know it's a... Isn't it a seller's market? It is, but there there's a, a lack of housing. So a lack of cars and a lack of housing. Yes. Wonderful. It says, uh, the house's appeal lies in more than its cinematic history, um, said the listing agent partner. Uh this iconic house uh, and ties to the movie stop as soon as you walk through the front door. Inside, it's a beautiful traditional style space with a modern twist. It's pretty cool, though. I got a so I got a question to post to you guys. Does yeah. it ever piss you off that when you watch like a movie or a series that when you find out the inside of where they filmed, uh, so basically like they used an exterior and then the inside looks nothing like that, like uh, the Brady Bunch house, Seinfeld, Friends, Cosby oh, Show. Yeah, basically every sitcom ever I, out there. I was never upset until we went to Boston for a buddy of mine's bachelor party. Cheers was not and, Cheers. And cheers, they're like, yeah, that's that's the that's the bar for Cheers. I'm like, can we go in there? He's like, yeah, it's, it's not like it. And I'm like, what, <laughs> dude? He goes, it's just the outside is the only thing they use. Everything else was a soundstage. I'm like, what kind of stupid trickery is this? I'm not even. I'm so I I more than agree. I I'm very especially like the Brady Bunch house to come to find out that or actually that and uh, Married with Children. The, really? in, the inside of that house, they said, is nothing, absolutely nothing <laughs> like what it showed in, in the show. Doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't know if I told you guys. I, I think I did last week, but for those who didn't hear it, it said that in 1698, Peter the Great introduced a beard tax after he visited Western Europe uh, and liked the fashion sense. Anyone with a beard was forced to pay a tax for it and in turn given a beard token. Uh, so if you were stopped by the police without a token, they would immediately shave your face on sight. <laughs> Sounds like some guards are going to die. I'm about <laughs> yeah. to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's a bit much. No, you need that now, Corey. Need that now? Yeah. A beard token? Or I would, I would love the authorities to have uh, the ability to come up to you at any time and be like, where's your beard token? I left it at home in my my locker. It's at work. And just legally be able to just done. Like someone teaching you some hard justice. I would love to see that. I definitely would not. I know. Because it's like your pride and joy. Luckily, exactly. luckily tomorrow and, by five, you'd grow it back again. So And shaving it with the smooth balls 3000 <laughs> weed chopper. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't worry about the hair that's already in there. The turf <laughs> chopper 3.0. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what Todd said, but <laughs> it was close. It was close enough. So that's that is booze news for this week. Uh, I've got something for you guys. Oh, what you got? Oh boy. Uh, I will give credit where credit's due. Bob did send these over, uh, in knowing that he was going to be absent today. Uh, but he found this gentleman on TikTok, uh, Frankie LaPena. And when I opened up the videos, I was pretty shocked myself, but I did get a good chuckle out of them, so I'd like to share them with you guys. Yeah, go ahead. So here we go. Ged. So this one is the... You know this guy's competing with me, right? This guy is? Everyone is. Well, I mean, yeah, you are the biggest TikTok star that we've ever discovered. (laughs) It's the biggest TikTok star we've ever talked to. 
<laughs> here, we, here we go. This well, is second biggest. So, I don't know if we can turn up the volume here. It looks like it's muted. Oh. On the right side. It's because we were playing uh, some kind of rock music. And now it doesn't want to play. It's playing. <laughs> oh, that's the, hey, hey, who's got the cursor? I do. I see, I right. see, yeah. I see what nope. you're saying. And for those listening, we apologize. because. <laughs> now I hear it. There we go. So uh, he goes to a football game uh, while on a Zoom call and has his laptop hooked up to, <laughs> to this harness, and he has a green screen behind him. And you get to see the results of <laughs> what his meeting looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for those who can't see uh for the audio listeners he's got a pvc uh some sort of like uh rig. some sort of rig that's uh like almost like a band uniform would carry drums like a marching band um but instead of uh, some drums in front of you that are suspended it's his laptop and then he has a green screen that is also part of the gig a circle green screen that covers completely behind his head wrapped around his waist and uh inside his zoom call at work uh he's got a background of his house set up so <laughs> no one knows he's actually at a football screen? game did you see the screen did you see his screen too that the, the other thing is he's got a camera mounted to the top of his laptop as well <laughs> there was another one i saw a guy go down a water slide no hang on buddy oh, oh we got let's more. not get too far ahead oh, of ourselves oh. here what you got we're gonna we're gonna mute this one because this one does have some copyrighted uh, music. But here we go. So <laughs> <laughs> this one same same idea. Uh, he's at a meeting at home, but he decides to go on a water slide. How's his laptop survive it? I'm very I'm sure guessing. the laptop did not survive, uh, or at least I would have out. to guess. Is the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. But the results are pretty. Pretty nice. <laughs> well, this guy's PVC game is pretty. Is, I will give it to him for his PVC game because I've been I've been recently working with PVC myself, uh, engineering some some cool uh, haunts for my chickens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Some haunts for your chicken. <laughs> yeah. Well, some some roosts. Some, my chickens are too big, too small to get on the roosts in the uh, coop. Mm-hmm. So I've engineered some some PVC roosts for them. Ooh. Any photos? Uh, not yet. I'll, I'll put, I'll have them ready for next time. Greg, I, I also, uh, would like you to give a shout out to Katie. To Katie for the wonderful bread that she gave us. Yeah. That was, uh, it was very nice of her. There's, uh, some cornbread up there, which I'm kind of eyeballing right now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, um, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, we'll enjoy it on your yes. behalf. We'll, we'll send you pictures of us eating it later on. Yeah, we, we'd be having it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, she said that, uh, she said, hey, tell Nick, here's the bread I keep talking about. Enjoy it. So she sent me with some bread over here. Yeah, it looks like uh, if you check out the Schnoz Pass, or, ooh, Jesus. Schnoz Pass. Ooh, the hey. Schnoz Pass ooh, Facebook. Schnoz Pass. The, we, we could have a Schnoz Pass I for like special it. guests. Hey, I'm sorry, do you have your schnoz Where's pass? Where's your schnoz pass? <laughs> so you get in the next backyard, you need the schnoz pass. Anyone uh, that's following the schnoz pass Facebook page, um, you can see the bread that we're talking about. It looks awesome. Um, 
And Greg, can you just uh, let everyone know that's anyone that's local where they can get it? Uh, they are in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at uh, Boole Artisan Bakery. And that's that's hers, right? Yes. Yeah, she owns it. Yes, she does. I will. So I'm going to send Corey the picture. Um, at this point in time, I will go ahead and kick off the haunt for this October. Which will be over here pretty soon, so I'm kind of sad. So this week's the haunt for this October. Um, it says that uh, the Doherty Hotel in Clare, Michigan. Uh, the Doherty, Corey, it's on Facebook, by the way, so just check it out there. Uh, the, Do- the Doherty Hotel in Clare, Michigan, uh, the Doherty family has owned and operated this hotel since it opened in the 1920s. The Doherty men were and remain the business managers. However, as Jim Doherty, current owner, tells it, it was the Doherty women uh, who were the heart and soul of the business. The hotel has a colorful history. Uh, during Prohibition, it was a speakeasy, a place for backroom gambling and adult entertainment. It was also a meeting place for the Mafia and the Purple Gang. Oh, man, not the Purple Gang. Clarifying question. Yes, sir. What is adult entertainment? Well, I think if you refer to last week's uh, podcast, (laughs) uh, someone was able to define some of the adult entertainment that we are so talking about. (laughs) I think the word uh, anus came up several times. Todd's (laughs) eyes were just... He's like open last week. He's like, oh, I don't know what this what it, what this pegging thing is. Hold on, let me. Oh, 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 sliding into the man's anus, and he's like, oh wow. <laughs> so knew this was an educational program. <laughs> yes, yeah. and, and we'll tell you later that there were several listeners that we've heard of uh, after the 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 fact that we're in the same boat with you. Um, some of which who were surrounded by uh, older friends of theirs who had no clue what it was and needed to be explained. So that was a very awkward conversation. Um, but it says uh, this this hotel has a colorful history during the Prohibition of Speakies, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so here they worked out their differences. In 1938, the hotel was a site of one of Michigan's most notorious murders, Isaiah Lebov. Oh, Isaiah Lebov, of course. Everyone's heard of that. Uh, former Purple Gang attorney turned Purple Gang businessman was murdered in the bar. He was shot uh, dead by his cousin and business partner, Jack Livingston, maybe of Livingston County. Over the years, there have Probably. been yeah. Over the years, there have been numerous yet vague accounts of this haunting. Some believe Isaiah Lebov uh, may still remain along with his family matriarch Helen or Grandma Doherty. The evidence we collected was startling. Perhaps the most surprising evidence was recorded in a back room where Grandma Pembles' body was placed after death. Not the Pembles. Yep. The, dude, the Pembles, the, the Livingstons, the Bebobs, everybody. The Bebobs. Uh, Lebov, whatever. Uh, in this area, it says the, this back area where her body was once placed, uh, the voice of a woman was recorded. It was soft and feeble, as if she was either very old or very sick. The words were in response to questions asked. We believe it was the voice of uh, Helen's grandmother, her Helen Grandma Doherty. So that is the haunt for this October, for this week, um, the Doherty Hotel in Clare. So go check it out. There's all kinds of stories online of apparitions and uh, disembodied voices, if that's what you're into. I don't know. I just peed a little bit when I when I read that, so I won't be going. But you can. Moving right along. Uh, before we do that, yeah, um, you went to Eloise mm-hmm. with your uh, dad and brother. I did. We didn't cover that last episode, did we? The nope. insane asylum. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I used to live next to that. 
Did you really? Live yeah, at it or live next to it? Live ne- my my uh, we when we were when I was a young kid, we mm-hmm. lived in uh, the the housing projects over the, over in that area in Inkster, uh, probably less than a mile and a half away. All right, wow. We, it, it was still active when you were there, right, Todd? It was cl- they had just closed it down because we used to sneak over there. There's a there's like a retaining pond over there. We used to get pollywogs. I remember getting almost strangled to death by my mom when she came home to find. 10,000 polywogs swimming around in our bathtub because we were trying to, we were going to grow and sell frogs for money. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Oh, oh my but Yeah, God. we used to sneak in there all the time. And there was all my, that's actually, again, one, one of those, uh, like we were talking about that, what's the, the, when you don't say people's names, like the candy man or whatever, three times. Uh-huh. I, I was there once when someone, I, won't, I still don't say the name, of uh, this thing where I totally got freaked out. There is all manner. Of, that's a, that's definitely a haunted spot. Oh yeah. Well, and that's so. And the reason I brought it up, cause Danielle and I did a tour through it, um, before it was a haunted house, uh, DPX that we had on, on the podcast. They're the ones that hosted the, the tours originally. And we were able to go through at night and walk through for two hours. Um, so I wanted to, after going through when it was, you know, basically presented as a abandoned asylum, uh, I wanted to hear Nick's uh, input on what he thought about the haunted house they've opened there now. I did that too. That was fun. The asylum? Yeah. I didn't yeah. do the the yes. haunted house. I did the thing last the walker? year. Yeah. So yeah, so Corey and Greg Corey and Greg did the uh did the actual walkthrough. Um and we and uh and we uh we went ahead and did um the actual they've they've spent about two million dollars and turned it into a like theatrical haunted house, a haunted house within a haunted house, if you will. Um, dude, it was, it was, it was great. It was awesome. If you haven't done it, um, it's a little pricey. One of the more pricey haunted house, pricier haunted houses. Um, I think it was about 50 bucks or something like that. Um, but it did last 45 minutes. We were able to go through two different levels. Uh, be prepared. Uh, we were there on a Sunday. Um, I think they're actually open through November. Um, but we were there on a Sunday and they had giant wedding tents set up, food trucks, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it is absolutely commercialized on the outside, um, but very cool. They have, you know, purple lights uh, casting up at the building, and, uh, you know, they made it a point, even though it's a 45-minute to an hour line, uh, it moved along very quickly. They've got bathrooms set up along the line. You're actually on the property surrounded by the wrought iron fence, so it's kind of a cool experience. Um, and before you go in on like the um on the antique uh looking like staircase going up the cement staircase with um you know the different designs and the stone and all that stuff like it's really cool opportunity for a photo but everyone's moving along so normally you wouldn't think like oh we have time to stop but uh they have someone working the door and they specifically even though they're working the door very quickly each person that comes up they go did you want a picture yep give me your phone and so they let you, you know, get up and line up on the stairs with in front of the main entrance of Eloise with the purple lights and everything. And they just very happily snap pictures of everyone on your own phone, no charge. And then they let you go in. Super cool. Did you know when you go up those stairs, if you're looking at them, yeah. uh, just to the right, mm-hmm. there's actually a door that you can gain entry to the entire building. Um, uh, except for the third, because uh, yeah, the asylum started on the third floor. So you were able to gain entry through this little door um, right next to those stairs. I mean, it, dude, 
I would assume there's more than just that one little door because this place is huge. It was a huge. mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huge. it is huge. It's not one building. <laughs> yeah, my, my stepdad used to investigate uh, the deaths there. So he, he was like uh, in charge. He, he investigated uh, mental health abuse and neglect cases. And Eloise was a frequent stop. Okay. Yeah. That's no, what I, that's so, what. and and that, you said your uncle investigated that. No, stepdad. my stepdad. Your stepdad, dude. So, what what years did he work there? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I, I can I can I can probe him on it, but uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, that, that I remember that like like it was yesterday. Like I said, I lived near near to it, and he did a lot of work there. Because that's I mean, basically, uh, I mean, and I'm sure you heard plenty of stories. Um, but yeah, a lot of the deaths were just like. Oh, well, the people died. <laughs> and that's just, that's just how it goes. I mean, when we did the walkthrough, they're like, oh, you're going to see this. You might see this kind of stuff. I, I really was more worried about the homeless people that could have possibly popped out as opposed to seeing any kind of phenomenon going on there. They do. They do a very good thorough walkthrough. When, dude, there, there was when, when we went for our walkthrough with DPX, uh, there were several Wayne County guys there. Oh, it was just like, here's... Here's your ten people here. Go and follow this one person. Oh, really? Yeah, no. This like when we walked in, like they had a, a booth and everything set up where you checked in at. Um, yeah, there, there was. I think there was like four or five Wayne County cars in the parking lot the entire time no. we were there. And I don't know if it was last year. What was the first year they did? Was it last year? No, it was. It was a couple years ago. I think um, we went the first year. Have to... Honestly, I, I, if I looked up a picture, I'd be able to tell you guys. Yep. But no, that's so. That's All cool, right. man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, you guys had a good time and, and were able to see it and experience it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's so much different than what what you remember. Just because, like I said, they literally they did an article about it, and they they spent about two million dollars on special effects, and it showed. I mean, I've never seen like imagine the most realistic Halloween full body uh, dummies and and props that you can think of with you know individual hairs on the head and the faces you know touched up you know very lifelike. There were there were hundreds of those, and I'm like. These are like thousands of dollars each. And it's not cheap. It was all over the place. Not only did they do that, but they built like um, instead of just walking through an asylum, like they they made it look better than than what it was because it's like a movie set. Um, instead of like, oh, we're gonna have you, you know, um, the place where we store the bodies is completely on the other side of the hospital. You know, it wouldn't make any sense to be parading people way down there. We want to stay in this one section, right? So they they built it up, and uh, it's really cool to to one point where you know, I won't give away any spoilers, but um, you're walking through a morgue, um, you walk into uh, you know a couple laboratories, and I mean they extensively went into detail. Very very cool, a lot of special effects. I would definitely say that um, it beats out Erebus now, as far as special effects go. Really. That yep. says a lot because Erebus yeah. has been one of the biggest uh, forever, like yeah, biggest haunted houses around. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. There was <laughs> there was actually this 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 like muscle bound black dude that was behind us with his girlfriend, and they were sending people in in like groups of five, and so they were like part of they just happened to be behind us and they sent us it at the same time. And man, oh man, I, I could not focus on the haunted house because this guy was wigging out. 
I mean, <laughs> wigging. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This guy is huge. You know, his arms are the size of my legs. And, and it was just absolutely hysterical. His girlfriend was laughing. And he was he was just so to the point where uh, they take you out of the first stage of the haunted house and you walk down some old stairs and then they funnel you through like the basement version of it. And uh, she's likely pegging him tonight. <laughs> oh, he, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it, it would have been pretty tight after that haunted house. Oh. That's all I gotta say. So, but uh, so we were going through the second half and you just saw this. Uh, you know, hang dog kind of look on his face, you know, uh, just this upset puppy face. And, and my dad turns around and he's like, he's like, Hey buddy. He's like, first of all, uh, at first, you know, I was slightly terrified. He's like, and it wasn't until I started watching you that he's like, it took my mind off stuff, but it was in a good way. He said, so as far as, uh, as far as Elo or Eloise is concerned, the second time we go around, you're with us. And he's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> And, uh, man, we got to the end. There was this one final thing at the end, uh, that I won't give away, but it was, it was a pretty impressive, uh, scary ordeal. And it was something that you had to pass. Um, one of the things I can say is like most haunted houses, they had a section that was a bridge, like a steel bridge with handles. And basically the effect is that they have like a cylinder, uh, shape that goes around the bridge almost like a projection screen and they have lights and lasers going in one direction and the actual cylinder spins in the next well it doesn't sound that fantastic but when you're in the moment it throws off your equilibrium and it basically feels like the bridge and the room are spinning in 360s upside down so everyone gets to the bridge and they just fall to their knees they grab onto the oh my god you know my dad wouldn't move and I actually warned him before going through. I'm like, hey, you're probably going to want to hold on to the handles. He's like, what? And he, like a cat going into a bathtub, he clung onto these handles. And I'm like, I'm like pushing. We got hundreds of people behind us. I'm like, go. He's like, it's, we're spinning upside down. <laughs> like, we are not spinning upside down. Go. And I didn't even have to turn around uh, to hear our friend go through because I heard, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I just had tears coming out of my eyes the whole entire time. Uh, but when we got to the end, uh, he wouldn't, he had to go past this like curtilage uh, to get through. And it was something super scary. And, uh, and he kind of did one of those like, nope. You know, like running on the battlefield, like all your friends have gone forward and you're going, come on, let's go, let's go. And he's just shaking his head. No, no. And we're like, you got to. And finally, he he, he must have meant business because he took off his backwards hat and he got into like a linebacker stance and he just booked it, just screaming at the top of his lungs. And we got out, and I just told him, I said, man, I, I couldn't have paid for that a better experience. And even though I wanted to be scared the whole time, like, I, I just, I've never laughed this much in a long time. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would highly recommend going if you haven't if you haven't checked it out yet. Westland, Michigan, Eloise uh, Psychiatric Hospital. I do know there's Word. enough golf balls in there to last a lifetime. Yeah, from you and your retard friends. Uh, no comment on that. No, but there are golf balls. Yeah, in the back section. <laughs> so if you want to hear, uh, get a hold of him, uh, anyone from Eloise, that's Greg Gumtow, uh, Dearborn Heights, Michigan. 
Uh, so moving along, let's let's go ahead and do a schnoz cast shot. What'd you, what'd you say you're doing tonight, Todd? What's your shot? Crown Apple, man. That's This is my new... Uh, you guys are doing the uh, uh, the Fireball. My Crown Apple's my, my, my mainstay now. Yeah, we're... Uh, it's a it, much better choice. Last week, I was I was mixing it up a little bit, but I didn't have time this week, so I just grabbed the old uh, the old fireball. So, cheers. Nasta Salute. Salute. Okay. <sighs> Machu Picchu. Oh, and real quick, too. I, let me put up this uh, picture for everyone that we're talking about the bread from Katie. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone can get a, a quick peek. Oh, yeah. Look at that, Todd. Nice. Mm. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you come into town, just let me know. Dude, Todd, no. See, that's where you say, no, I have a home address, and it can be shipped. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. Over, just send the helicopter out. I'll put it in there. There you go. <laughs> so I'll send it right back. It doesn't even have to land. It just yeah, uses just a little, 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 gra- little grabber. Dropped, exactly. Yep. Drop the line down. Drop the, old, drop the old uh, paramedic slab. Yep. Just set it right on that. Here's a bread basket. Throw it in there. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Todd's helicopter came fully equipped with a bread basket. <laughs> with a bread basket. Might as well. <laughs> okay. So moving right along. So uh, I've just been informed by my co-host here that uh, there's no Funko this this week. He is trying to save up for a wedding, so we give him credit for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll let this one slide. Don't let it. Well, and again. and the one, the one that I, well, Danielle got uh, this week. I did not have a chance to take a picture of it, but you will be a fan, sir. I'll be a fan of it. Oh yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. she bought it, so I'm not you know, able to give it away. You know, I'm not a fan of fucking Princess Leia sitting in my basement still. Well, that, was, uh, that, that was meant for him to take. Take home. that fucking shit home. <laughs> this is not going to be a catch-all for Funkos at my house. <laughs> Just start putting random Funkos around the house, see if Nick notices right. yeah. how long it takes him. After several more weeks, it's going to be used as a candle if I need it. So, uh, just so you know, Stanley Stanley is holding up Mace Windu in my uh, in my collection. Nice. nice, that's what I like to hear. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, some hundred questions here, uh, a little bit different than the ones we've done before, and uh, then maybe go on a break, or yeah, we can come back and do gentlemen's agreement so uh we'll go around the room um todd what did you yes, grow sir. up believing about santa claus what was your childhood belief of santa uh he was real for man i can't rem- I, I i struggle to remember the age where i like i realized that it definitely wasn't real because i was finding the uh, presence uh pre-wrapped so I'd say he was, my parents didn't, didn't divulge anything mm-hmm. uh, until I'd say probably I was eight or nine or whatever. until I figured out that, uh, so maybe I was a late bloomer. So yeah, no, I think real. that's about right. So you figured it out. Yeah. Cause, uh, there's that one, I think like at my ninth birthday or whatever, I asked for a bike and there was like no, and, and I think of my dad, my dad struggled to get it together. Because <laughs> he, he, of course, he didn't pay for the uh, the uh, for them to pick to uh, put it together at the store. The expert so assembly, he's like working, he's so he's working on it through the night, and like it didn't have the brake cables were connected. It's like, I'm like Santa got it to this this far, and I'm like, yeah, I already saw that that dude, and I saw it in the I saw the box in the closet. <laughs> I know we've talked about when we and we don't necessarily have to go around with this one because I know we touched on it before. 
Uh, but we did talk about, you know, when you discovered Santa wasn't real. And I, cause I remember telling you guys that I, I the only way I figured it out is because my dad and Santa had the same handwriting. So that was the only way on the presents that I was able to figure it out. So, uh, Corey, uh, did you ever play an instrument in school and what was it? I did. It was called the record. Well, I shouldn't say I did. Uh, I faked it <laughs> and, but it was the recorder. You yeah, ne- it? never learned how to play it. So when everyone was playing, just it- move your fingers <laughs> and make it look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think there was maybe six kids in the class that actually did learn how to play it, uh, and everyone else was basically just doing what I did. But could you imagine the cacophony of of those toots and whistles going on? Like, it, I don't think anyone is ex- like you could completely just fake it and blow into it, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, they're just students learning the recorder." <laughs> yeah, but at that age, you're like, "Well, they're just, they're going to they're going to know." Should be better than this, right? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't come up to you like each student and say, oh, uh, Matthew, could you play uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb? Okay. Corey, hot sh- hopscotch bun. Hopscotch bun. <laughs> or what is it? Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. I thought it was hopscotch oh buns. Oh, my goodness. Like Hopsco- Arthur Penn and Teller. What is this dude? I'm t- <laughs> that's, what I, that's, that's what I understand it as. Hot- Have you ever listened to this song? No. Clearly not. <laughs> no, I haven't. Hopscotch buns. <laughs> Dude, it cannot beat your piggy tail, so. <laughs> That's an honest mistake. <laughs> no, it's not. You still use it. No, Bob uses it all the time. Oh, yeah. Corey was trying to piggyback off something, and he said he's going I to piggy, piggy tail. He's going to piggy, <laughs> piggy tail off of it. And he had the most sincere conviction uh, a look on his face. And I meant that. <laughs> so Bob loves it now. Bob Bob piggy tails on everything now and it's funny you mentioned that though because looking back on it i don't think our teachers really cared if we did actually learn or not uh-huh. they were probably fed up with it enough themselves that they didn't want to listen to us individually that's fair yeah they were probably like I fuck these kids <laughs> them and their recorders there's always three or four overachievers put, they'll take up for everybody right, put a group of 15 <laughs> of them up there it'll sound okay i mean i don't want to lay into any teachers but being like a elementary school music teacher that has to just be or band teacher or whatever you know i mean does really does anyone have any high expectations like are they gonna come in and be like flight of the bundle the bumblebee right now like i don't think that's gonna happen i think ever they're gonna come in and they're gonna be like free 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 they're gonna be like this is the best i got out of them <laughs> you know so so i don't know i mean i think that'd be a great job if you really wanted to fake it but um so greg uh your question is uh what was your most embarrassing haircut? Uh, I shaved my head. Oh, come on. Shaved I, your head. I had a funny shaped head. Still okay. Do. Shaving your head is not an embarrassing haircut. I mean, it can be. No. I, so, so I guess it depends. Nugget, on, like, to me, that was the most embarrassing. Maybe to other people, maybe the horns. Yeah, if you have a bad nugget, I, I, that, that makes sense to me, Greg. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, I, so, so, like, to me, shaving my head, that was probably the worst. But, like... Somebody that I guess somewhat knows me would be like, ah, you remember when you had the horns? That's got to be pretty embarrassing. I I never felt embarrassed when I had that up. You loved the horns. I though. loved them. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you, you me, shaved your head them. into horns. That, that's why I shaved my head every time afterward is maybe it was the shame of shaving off my horns that I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> the shame of shaving them off? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had a guy that we worked with that, that shaved his head all the time, and his it's it's – I guess I could kind of wrap my brain around what you're talking about because I've never seen this before in my life, but he had an egg head. Like, 
the the smallest pointiest part of the egg was at the the back of his. It was like a conehead. Well, my, bro- my little brother. I used to. I I used. I as, as an adult, it takes everything in my power not to grab the back of my little brother's head. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> it was very yeah. It was pointy. All right. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll go to we'll go to me on this one. When did you get drunk for the first time? Um, we can go around on this one too. So, uh, for me, drunk the first time was, um, I think it was 19 in Canada. That was the first time. Cause I always wanted to be in law enforcement and I just didn't want to mess around with, with booze and, and all that stuff to the point where I had friends that, you know, I'd go to parties and people would be like, come on, man, why are you? And the people that knew me would leave him alone. He doesn't drink. <laughs> so, but yeah, then I never looked back after that. So, uh, so uh, Todd, how about you, buddy? First time, I can't remember how old I was, but I was in grade school, and uh, my best friend at the time, uh, he and I, grade school, found way, we found our way into a bottle of vermouth. Oh, oh God! <laughs> and uh, we, I think that we were drunk because we threw up. I mean, I don't recall like we were doing anything crazy other than getting sick as a dog. Although it could have been because the vermouth was probably like eighteen years old. No, you threw up because you were drinking vermouth. just vermouth. <laughs> I don't know if anyone in history has ever done that. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. It's uh, no, you're supposed to. They literally make like little tiny spray bottles for martinis to just spray the top of the vodka with vermouth. Like, that's the little amount you're supposed to put in. I mean, it is a, a wine, but it's very, I mean, most of the time, unless it's sweet vermouth, I mean, it's very dry. So I can't imagine, I mean, oh, God, just drinking vermouth. <laughs> we, we threw up like nobody's business, too. I don't doubt it. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it's because of the alcohol or because it was like a 1,000 years old. <laughs> Ugh, that's disgusting. How about you, Greg? I don't remember the first time I got drunk. I was it was in my early twenties. It's kind of a I didn't really start drinking until I was twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, I so dr- it had to be probably twenty two ish, maybe. Uh huh. But I don't recall. I mean, I remember the first time I ever threw up, but I don't remember the first time I got drunk. Well, yeah, throwing up is. I mean, you can throw up as a kid. Well, from drinking. Yeah, oh, from drinking. I'm from drinking. That's why. That's, that's why I list my vermouth. Yeah, I, incident. So I don't remember the first time throwing up from from booze. I remember drinking in Canada. I don't know if I really ever got drunk. And then at 21, definitely remember getting drunk. But I remember throwing up from several different kinds of booze. Um, horribly enough, SoCo. Ooh. Mm. SoCo was disgusting. Are you it's, telling me I should bring over yeah. some SoCo next no. week? No. I have so much of it at my house. It's so disgusting. SoCo. I, I think I'm... I mentioned that I I, st- I hadn't had Southern Comfort until maybe ten or fifteen podcasts ago because that is the one booze that it's made me sicker than I've ever been in my life. Yes, I I feel like that's everybody's first time. Every time I like they're like oh what do you drink? I'm like I like Southern Comfort and Dr Pepper. And they go, oh and they give you that look. That is it's pretty like, true because that Soco is my first spring break. Like every, everybody <laughs> is like oh that's disgusting. Yeah. I threw up on that. I'm like well if I if I stopped drinking everything that I threw up on, I probably wouldn't drink. Right. So I guess I, I will say this too. SoCo and we can we can shift gears to that. Like what what is your end all be all most disgusting booze? Don't want to go back to it ever. Um and we can lead with that. And I will say 
that I would probably even go back to SoCo before this one. Bacardi Orange. Bacardi O. <laughs> that, that orange. Yes, the orange O. Oh, my God. They don't make that anymore, do they? I don't. I hope not. I was, I, it's I'm been sure years. No, dude, there's been a long time since I've seen any of that. It was, I mean, they had the Limon and all that stuff, but the, the Bacardi O. And, and you have to think about it. Like, theoretically, you know, if if you really think about it, the things that you threw up on at one point in time, I mean, they must be doing something right because it must have tasted really good at some point. Unless it was like, you know, you were too young and someone bought it or didn't want it and that was all you had. But for the most part, you would think, well, I just drank too much of this because it was so delicious at the time. Yep, it has been discontinued. <laughs> oh, thank God. So here's the here's the funny thing about that, that specifically Bacardi Orange and all these other things. So I worked for Bacardi. One of my first jobs out of college, uh, my actually my second job after graduating from college was actually being a Bacardi salesperson. Uh, oh, shit. Tons of funny stories. That's how he killed that. Bob Probert. Uh, it is. Who? Todd did. Todd I is did. Todd is responsible. I'm responsible for getting Bob Probert kicked out of Michigan. Uh, that's wow. another, that's another and story for another day. <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, but anyway, when I was there, the the Captain Morgan's was brand new, and Bacardi swore that they would never ever taint their lines. It was Bacardi Light, Bacardi Dark, Bacardi Black, Bacardi Añejo. And then they had the Castillo line where they experimented with a spice drum and so they had the light dark and all that. But they, they, at that point, uh, they were like, we will never ever taint the Bacardi brand with flavorings. They're like, that was like, that was the last thing they were going to do. They, they, they might, they were going to lose use some of their, their sub brands that they owned to do that. But now it's funny after Smirnoff did 87 flavors of vodka, they, <laughs> they, they freaking sold out to and made a bunch of crap booze and i think the funny thing funnier thing is the only people that the, the, to this day i still believe that castillo spice their sub rum was was and is still 10 times better than captain morgan's and they never ever actually put any marketing plan behind it because they didn't want to siphon off sales from the bacardi main bacardi line mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is bacardi spiced rum is horrible it's not even close to as good as either castillo or the uh, any of the captain morgan's to to me, uh, Captain Morgan was was kind of an acquired taste, and uh, you know, in, in my adult life, I it's I still drink it sparingly, but I now have the Captain Morgan tattoo. That's actually their their that's their their silver bullet. The tat who has a tattoo? Uh, they have a brand, Captain Morgan Spiced Rum Tattoo. Oh, okay. The- is that is that their um their dark, like dark dark rum? It's the it's the dark spiced rum. Yeah, because my my mom's a huge fan of the fabulous Bacardi. What's Bacardi's version of that? Um, Bacardi Black. Bacardi. That, so that's actually the, yes. the, the the drink that got Bob Probert and I uh, so drunk he had his teeth out, and I was I was trying to tell him that Bob Asenza sucked ass. Uh, we were drinking Bacardi Black <laughs> and uh, cranberry juice called Bat Bites. So again, with the holiday theme. Uh, we were at uh, the the bar next to uh, St. Andrews. Uh, we're actually we we're in St. Andrews, uh, tearing it up, uh, drinking Bacardi Black and cranberries. Bad wait, bites, wait. So you were drinking with Bobby Probert, and we've never talked about this on the podcast. 
Well, it's sports. I, so it's, it's <laughs> I don't think no, this is really sports. No, it's not. There's there's no sport in drinking. <laughs> but there there's Yeah, I don't I I don't think there's too much uh of a sports aspect to this story from what I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was I, just, I, it was just I, Todd I, ending unfortunately, ending someone's life. I unfortunately got Bob to, to to step off the wagon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And to this day, Todd's proud of it. It's weird. I'm so <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> was it uh, as uh, were you were you representing Bacardi at the time, or did you know him? I was. I was actually. We were doing a bar promotion. We were doing a bar promotion at St. Andrews, and uh, that night, uh, in fact, it, and I, I had negotiated really good, favorable drink prices for Bacardi Black and Cranberries, and Bacardi Light and Lemonades, and we were doing this huge thing, and. The owner was at the table. We were ta- he was talking about how much money he was making because I dumped him half a pallet of free booze, and he was still charging like four bucks a drink. Uh, but anyway, Probert came into the bar with his entourage, and I'm and the, he stepped away, and he came back. He introduced him to to us, and uh, during the and uh, and I'm like, hey, anything you want or anybody in your group wants, it's on me all night long. And it's like, oh no, I'm not drinking. And so I started funding the the drinking for everybody in his entourage. But then I. Again, after I'd had a couple, uh, I was in his ear about Bob Asenza and the wings and why they sucked. And and he's like, you don't know shit about hockey. And one thing led to another. And 4.30 in the morning, we're freaking both rip-roaring drunk. He's got his teeth out. And he's like, I've never, ever met a black guy who knows one thing about hockey. And, you, and he goes, I still, I still have it, even though it's funny you talking about Bob Asenza. And uh, anyway, we both uh, left that the bar about 4.30 a.m., and the first thing I see when I get up in the morning, uh, Bob Probert rides his motorcycle into traffic uh, drunk and says, give me the usual, and he was banished <laughs> to uh Oh, my gosh. So that, that was oh from boy. you. <laughs> so the funny, one of the funnier things is I, so the f- cool thing about this story is tons of witnesses because when he, before he got drunk, my wife is at the table getting Bob Probert to sign like every napkin she could scurry from the bar. Can you sign this for my brother? Can you sign this for my cousin? Bringing over napkin after napkin. He's, he's, he's like signing napkin after napkin after napkin for like everybody that we knew. That's awesome. That's great. Does she still have some of those napkins? I have not seen one. Oh, dude. That'd be cool. That'd be worth I have some, not seen one. That, that'd be an awesome keepsake. Like I said, I, I I was during that my Bacardi days were actually pretty fun because I actually got to get into a lot of bars that you wouldn't normally get into, mm-hmm. uh, hang out with a lot of people I wouldn't. I mean, I've I've got a great Dennis Rodman story, great Andre Ware story. Uh, Dallas Drake and I used to uh, Drake. Jesus Christ, tear it out at the Ultimate Sports Bar. Uh, yeah, so we I've got I had that was a that was a pretty awesome two years uh, that I spent with Bacardi. Most most prestigious bar or club that you were able to get into that you never would have been able to had it not been for that job. I'd say St. St. Andrews. I mean, ultimately that. Oh, really? That's a, okay. Yeah, I mean, because ultimately that, that that fills up. And to get in and actually get VIP treatment and be able to, to move about the bar and hang out in the VIP sections. I mean, I was in there many times with uh, most of the Pistons. I actually hung out with Vinny Johnson a couple times up in some of the VIP spaces there. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a 15-minute break. Um, if you guys are listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, you don't have to do anything. We're just going to cut it, and uh, we'll be right back with you. If you're listening to us on YouTube or watching us on live right now uh, as we live stream, we'll be back in 15 minutes. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go anywhere. We'll be back. 
right, welcome back to the back half, the business end of episode 146 of the Schnozcast. Once again, I'm Nick, joined by Corey. Oh, hey. And our good friend Greg, who uh, just had to drain the vein a little bit. Couldn't do it during the break? And Mr. Todd Dillon. (laughs) Couldn't have came at a better time. Words out of my mouth. You would think, but he was very excited to uh, taste my meat. So the meat was delicious. It was. There you go. Yeah, we have uh, all kinds of good boar's head, salsalito, chipotle, chicken breast, and uh, and boar's head um, uh, corned beef, thinly cut corned nice. beef. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff for some mile highs here, and uh, I was just letting them taste a couple of them. They're, they're pretty fucking good. So, did you get any of that uh, boar's head uh, London bro? No. What is that? Is that the, oh, just the beef? Is that beef? Yeah, it's, it's, it is their beef, and it's the, the London bro season. It's really, really nice. So I didn't try that, um, but I did get the corned beef. And Love it. Dude, they cut this corned beef, and you know how like wide a corned beef is, and instead of cutting it into like, two pieces, they just cut long strips. And there's, nice. it, it's like if you were to join two pieces of lunch meat together lengthwise and just these long giant strips of corned beef that taste just like St. Patrick's Day and uh, yeah, I boy. got the extra hot boar's head horseradish sauce some Swiss and marble rye that may as well go out the window because now we have fresh from a bakery marble rye from our good friend Katie thanks Katie thanks Katie <laughs> <laughs> She's going to go back and watch this, and she's just going to shake her head when she looks at me. She's like, what is wrong with you guys? She's like, it took me this long to spend all my hard-earned time and money on you motherfuckers. Now i got to send things to Washington? Word. Yes. Yes, Katie. Yes, you do. do. Yes, you do, Katie. Or we'll choreograph the next time uh, Mr. Dillon comes back into town, which I think you said is going to be in the next couple months, right? Yeah. December. Yeah, December. Yeah, well, Chris Kringle. Yeah, we got to get the we got to get the flight flight plans approved, and you should probably start knocking on your neighbors' doors, letting them know. Oh boy, <laughs> he's what is again. that? <laughs> oh, that's Todd. The neighbors are like, "God oh, damn it, he's back." The noise <laughs> is back. Yeah, <laughs> flies in on a helicopter to sleep on a thirty-year-old futon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, we can either come back to um, the stories of Todd and the people he no, knows. No. <laughs> we can, like, we say this for We can either day. come back to that or we can move on to a little bit of Gentleman's Agreement. Ooh. I like that. I like that idea. Okay. I actually don't have one note on my new phone, uh, so I don't know who assigned what, so you guys are going to have to help me out a little bit. Um, but I know... Bob is big with uh, Todd going first, so we're gonna switch it up a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna let Greg go first this time. Ooh, so Greg, nice. I love it. Greg, so, what did you have, man? So Todd gave me Silicon Valley. That son of a bitch. Yeah, boy. Yeah, was that the well, end of I'm, it? I'm 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 watching. Corey. Oh, gauge him. Yeah. Let, let me uh, on be, on behalf of Greg. Let me just say this. <laughs> just give me half. Just give me a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had Silicon Valley from, uh, from Mr. Todd Dillon there. Uh-huh. So I was kind of, after the first episode watching, I'm like, ah, this is going to drag. 
30 next, second synopsis. What what 30, is it? Okay, what so is it about? Basically it's yeah. a uh, it's a it's a comedy, it's a think tank group um calls it an incubator. Silicon Valley tech guys come up with apps. They stay in a room. Guy comes up with an app. Big company wants to, to take it over. Gets into a bidding war, decides to go with something different. And that's about that's what what I've gotten to so far. Mm-hmm. It's just been a a bumbling through. It's a, it's a tech tech guy series, techie series. Again, it's Silicon Valley. It's it's, it's a startup in in the San Francisco. Yep. So I started watching. I gotta say, man, I'm I'm hooked at this point. I've actually burned through three seasons. <laughs> really? I'm I'm three and a half seasons into it. I started watching it uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. Um, while I'm at work, I usually have something in the background, so I I put that on in the background, and I had to turn it off because I'm like, ah, I kind of want to watch this. I mean, it's got T.J. Miller in it, who's hilarious. Uh, it is a Mike Judge. Uh, I think he kind of like uh, helped write it or produce it. But it is great so far. Um, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm about three the, and a half the, the, seasons into it already. The Gilfoyle, and I can't. I, I'm, oh, I can't. Unlike Bob, I can't re- repeat the lines word oh. for word. But that Gilfoyle, <laughs> the Gilfoyle, where like where he asks when whenever he has to interview for their job, yeah, and he goes, "What do you do?" And he like listen. He goes, "That's what the fuck I do." <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stuff. It's it's great. I uh, it's I highly recommend it. If if you're out there and you're looking for a new series to watch, I think there's what like seven seasons, six seven seasons. I think it's done with. It, it's done now. Uh, I think and, and if you and if you have any bit of tech in you, there's so it's one of those things where it's it's like the office, right? The office is is over the top with stupidness in an office environment. That this show is over the top with stupidness and how startups and how tech. And the technology and how it works. I think there's there's so much stuff. Uh, I think regardless of where you sit, it's funny. And uh, like I said, as, as the tech geek in me just yeah. loves the stuff that's actually I, close to, I, to real. <laughs> there so, were there were times that I was, I I, I can't drink anything when I watch it because you don't know what's going to happen. Of course you can. <laughs> don't you ever say things like that? No, right? I mean you can drink, but not like you have to wait till like scene changes. And things of that nature. I, I have learned that um, as much as I enjoy it, because um, I'm I'm a, I'm a newcomer to you know I've never actually smoked weed. Um, I've done the gummies as of recently, and Corey got me uh, was telling me about this vessel pen thing like that. It, it's basically smoking it um, without the smoke, um, and so I'm a big fan of it, like the effects. And the cool thing about that is they're short term. Um, as, as opposed to the gummies that, you know, you're in it for the ride. And, uh, I, I will say this, that I I have to stop, you know, I try not to drink any time during the week uh, to cut calories, you know, cause I know that we're going to be idiots on the weekend. And so I'll try and hit the vape and I really have to stop because it's almost like an etch-a-sketch. Like (laughs) I I thoroughly enjoy it. And then I'm like, wait, what did I have to watch? (laughs) What did I watch? Like, and and for the life of me, I feel like I'm, you know, 87 because I'm like, I know I watched the whole thing from start to finish, but I could not tell you what it was. So I'll have to look back at the jacket, like the movie jacket, like on on Netflix or something, be like, oh, yeah. Or sometimes if it's bad enough, even be like, 
I should just probably watch this again. <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't remember it. Like so now, now you're it's basically you get an insight into Bob's life. Nope. Yeah. So the, if that's the way he is all the time, just forgetting everything. Yes. Oh my! I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I can't. I can't even imagine that. So, uh, Greg. So long and the short yes. of it, you liked it. I do. Uh, it's solid A. Wow. Oh, thank you. I. I don't ever it's, give him solid A's. He doesn't it, give no, A's to it, anyone. I know, but it's it's uh it it really I like comedies. It did it did what it was it supposed delivered. to do. Yeah, it delivered. Um <laughs> I, I do highly recommend it if you're out there and you like the kind of the techie geeky kind of thing, computer stuff. And the Gilfoyle character is probably my favorite character out there. He's just too much. Uh the way he messes with a couple of the guys there is just like but that's awesome. And, and yeah. it was, uh, what was the name of it again? Uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Where is it available? Uh, it is on HBO Max. Okay. Cool. So moving right along, we're going to go to Corey this time. I had, this is Spinal Tap uh, from Bob, I believe. <laughs> this goes to, it, it goes to 11. <laughs> it, yeah, <it's, laughs> do you want to? <laughs> yeah, before. before <laughs> Did you pour me a half shot? Yeah, I did. I but yeah, Todd, before I do my review here, we got another uh, <laughs> another shot to do. We have a sneaky right. suspicion it might be uh, like a half of a Nick review, which is going to be very long. So we'll cheers no, we'll and do down. this before. No. No. Cheers, boys. Cheers. cheers. Hang on. Oh. Oh. Hold on. I got it. I'm All ready. Right. I'm ready. Cheers. Cheers. Todd, I will say, Todd, I will say this. I like that shirt. I don't know who the Mariners are, but I like it. <laughs> the <Thank> Mariners. <laughs> God, the Mariners. killing me. <laughs> Seattle, I get it, yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey. Take it away. Um, well, and speaking of, too, uh, looking at Todd's shirt, I realized you had a Kraken shirt on uh, a couple episodes ago. I did. And I didn't pick up on it until I was editing everything. So that <laughs> that's a very nice, uh, nice T-shirt you had, sir. I'm a hockey guy, man. <laughs> I mean, Bob Probert wouldn't necessarily agree, but <laughs> neither would Dallas Drake. And then Dallas, or Bob, I'm sure if Bob, Bob Asenza was was there in part of the conversation, he wouldn't he wouldn't have cared much either. But you mean either Bob is or uh, Todd is not wrong about Bob Asenza. Okay, He's, uh, uh, he had a five month stretch where he was okay, uh, and that was the extent of his career. I mean, that, another another story for another time. Yes. Um, but so anyways, yeah, I I had this is Spinal Tap. Uh, it's a mockumentary on a rock band from England, uh, called Spinal Tap. Uh, and I mean, if, if you like music, you like comedy, you like documentaries, uh, it's all those thrown into one, uh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, a lot of good lines. Uh, it's basically like if you were to like the last waltz, which I know Nick had at one point, uh, it's, it's just making fun of all those. Uh, those kind of documentaries about these bands and and you know the life they live and and lead and all that. Um, but it, I, I and I, I think the the eleven line was good, but I think my the one that really got me was uh, when he was talking. They were talking about their drummers and all all, all their drummers have died in the past, and uh, they were talking about um, I can't remember his name, but they're like, oh yeah, he just he spontaneously combusted on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like no, it, it's there's there's. <laughs> There's documented cases. Uh, the, the problem is a lot of people don't report it. 
So it's it's not it's not well known. <laughs> and I just lost it. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, so these guys are telling uh, this this documentarian that. Uh, yeah, basically a member there is just spontaneously combusted on stage and no one made any, no one even batted an eye. Like, yeah, there, like, God, there was a little green, a green glob on his drum set. Uh, and that was, that was about the last of him. Like, no, it wasn't really a glob. It was more of a stain, uh, but it was a little, a little green stain. That's all that was left of him. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, and, and, and Bob, uh, besides having to track it down on fucking Redbox. I was going to say, it's probably... It's, yeah, dude, I had to download the Redbox app, create a login... That's funny. ...and then still pay two ninety nine for it, so... That's funny. Yeah, luckily... It makes, it makes sense you can't find it, but that is an all-time classic, dude. That is yes. a classic. Oh, no, I absolutely loved it, so good good pick on Bob's behalf. I'll have to get with him and, and give my, uh, my review to him. Yeah, I will say God bless you guys because I feel like the last seven movies I've had to watch cost me three ninety nine a piece, so, and I keep liking them, so it pisses me off because I'm like, I want I can't some money back first for this. <laughs> yeah, I want some like, money back. And like I said, it, I wasn't even pissed about the two ninety nine. I was more pissed about having to track it down. And when I pulled it up on Just Watch, it was like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> All right, this it is, should be on every streaming service. It should be. You dude, you would think. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean. Uh, I guarantee you it would have views and, and people would watch it. Uh, so it wouldn't, 100%, 100%. It, would, it wouldn't be wasting a lot of space on their server. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know why it's not um, available everywhere. But good pick, Bob. <laughs> All right. I'm, so, I'm glad for Bob that you like it because I think that is hilarious. <laughs> I, I think he knew what he was getting himself into. And I, I, that was, yeah, it was right up my, uh, my alley with the, the comedy and the – you know, the, the mockumentary aspect. But it so. goes to 11. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. It's we, good. We talked it's enough so about things going up your alley last week, Corey. So <laughs> no. let's, let's move on. So uh, so I had Ganglands uh, from Greg on Netflix. And synopsis, um, kind of like it kind of reminded me of uh, – Training Day slash a couple different Denzel movies, like uh, the movie where he had to get the girl back. What was that one? That I oh, was just Man a, on Fire. Yeah, yeah, Man on Fire. Same kind of principle. Um, it is dubbed, right, Greg? It's, yeah, it's, it's it's got French, uh, right? It's I uh, know I think. Yeah, I think it's originally French. Yeah, and it's dubbed, but their voice it's a voiceover dub. It's, it's so right, bad. right, right. So it's it's not it's not horrible. So you can yeah. you can choose subtitles. Um, but basically kind of the same premise, um, which I was super torn because I really enjoyed like the action aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but the slowly becoming more exposed to movies portion of me, which my very, with my very, very limited knowledge, um, wanted to be like, okay, this is kind of the same, the same action flick storyline, like, uh, Girl. It's a very typical storyline yeah. of a lot of a girl a gets show. abducted, a yep. uh, guy goes rogue, and uh, he's going to single-handedly uh, fix this and kill a bunch of people. And uh, very cool. I still really enjoyed it. I got through three episodes and started the fourth. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep moving on with it. I would say C plus, B minus range for I was, me. I was going to say... Watch the whole thing and then 
tell me what you think because after I good. see I see what you're going and I don't want to like yeah you don't want to say like oh it gets much spoil. better than that yeah, yeah I just I would watch the rest of them like hey man you can text me just be like dude and just tell me yeah I will um I'll keep moving along with it but I I enjoyed it thus far um but I I know from experience there's so many things I've told Corey about and things like that and and Bob um and Todd that you know first couple episodes just don't hook me. And then you get into like four and five and you're like, okay, unfortunately with Corey, after getting into like season four of lost on his own regard, he still didn't like that, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that sucked dick. That was <laughs> to prove a point, but different strokes, right? It's like breaking bad. It's like the first season is trash. And then after that, it's great. Oh man. But breaking bad was awesome. I still think Corey, you haven't seen that, right? I have not breaking bad. No, I, I wow. absolutely love wow. breaking bad, but the, the first season is trash. Oh, you fantastic! Could, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like you talking about like stuff that. No, no, I, I, yeah, I get your point, but that's I, I yeah. know eventually it's going to come down the pipe, and I'm going to have to watch it. So I know you you very tonight, reluctantly maybe. answered me. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I always have a problem because my uh, film jacket is very very limited, and you so, don't say. And but with like my my arch nemesis isn't even Bob, because there's certain things that I watch that that Bob just doesn't, but Corey is is a very avid like not even like he's like a movie guy per se but he buys a lot of idle time with playing movies and he's able to with with certain jobs that he's had in the past and things like that he's worked in certain situations where he can he can very efficiently still work and and keep a movie going somewhere in the background and it's been situations where it's been acceptable and so he's just burned through a lot of stuff that's mainstream available. So I'll get to Corey and I'll be like, how about this? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, this? Go, go, dude, come on, give me something difficult. And so I'm like, I hate getting Corey. So. I also stay up to like five in the morning. So I'll be able to knock out five <laughs> yeah. or three yeah. or four movies between getting home and, and being up that late. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm building a movie theater and basically in my back bedroom toot, toot. that I have. So <laughs> I get it. I understand. <laughs> Was anything about that comment not leading right back to you? <laughs> so I get it because I'll have my own theater here soon. Totally get wait. it, man. Can't wait. I'm with Corey. No, he's Todd's like, Todd's like, I don't know if you guys know about my 17 TVs, but <laughs> but anyhow, hey, when, we, when, when we do the when we do the podcast out on the West Coast, I, I'll expect Greg to be here. Yeah, next what, summer. When oh, is boy. when is absolutely the the correct statement because. We, it will happen. As long as I have enough time, I can take off of work and kind of, you know, so, make that happen. So, yeah, C plus, B minus for Ganglands available on Netflix. I will continue with it. Greg, I'll let you know. Todd, right. what did you have, yep. buddy? I had, and I don't know, who, I don't remember who assigned it to me, but Searching for Sugar Man. I did. Well, that makes sense, Mr. Document Documentary. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, well... Nick, you said it. I don't give out many A's, and I'm giving out another one. And I think oh Corey's hit two in a row. Moses, smell the roses. Is this two in a row for me? <laughs> I think it is. What was the last one you, you assigned to me? Ah, oh, dude, come on. I uh, Unbanned. Yes, unbanned. Yes, un yes, yes. Yes. So you've got two A's in a row because the documentary, uh, Searching for Sugar Man, the 30-second synopsis, uh, if you don't know who Sixto Rodriguez is, you are probably not odd. But holy cow, a uh, Detroit native, amazing musician, uh, 
one of the co-founders of Motown uh, said of all the talent that went through Motown, he was top five, uh, maybe better, probably better than Elvis. And in fact, Sixto Rodriguez, more popular uh, than Elvis uh, and the Beatles even in South Africa. Uh, so the synopsis is this, it's a, it's a true story. Uh, this, this artist, for whatever reason, extremely talented. I actually listened to uh, his music most of the day today. And it is amazing uh, for that late 60s era music, rock and roll, bluesy, heavy blues, blues overtones. Uh, basically, for whatever reason, for, un, for unknown reasons, he was not a commercial hit in the United States. He did not catch on. People didn't buy his stuff. But, and so while he languished and did hard physical labor, he was like an ex, excavation uh, engineer is the wrong word. He was like a laborer. Like, and he actually still does heavy, hard manual labor for a job to make ends meet. Yet while, and while he was doing that, there, there were rumors about him that he had died. He, he, there, there was a rumor that he uh, played a song uh, at, a, at, a, at a concert venue and he shot himself in the head because nobody applauded uh, or he set himself or he doused himself in fire. There's like all these urban myths about how he died. The guy's actually still alive, 79 years old, lives in the Motor City. Uh, turns out people thought he was dead and he sold a half million albums in South Africa. Uh, and he was there, Janis Joplin, uh, Bob Dylan. He was right. He was writing songs, protesting inequity and, things that are wrong in our society. Dude, I listened to it today and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a classic rock fan, but I was like, I heard every, I heard every bit. I listened to two of the two of his albums that are, that I know about. And I didn't hear a song that I thought was horrible. I thought one was over. One song was over-engineered, but the guy's got the voice. He's got the, the deal and he's actually been performing concerts live. Solid A. So, more than 30 seconds. If you haven't heard of him uh, and you don't have the, the two albums, you should get them. Uh, you should watch this documentary because we have, again, a music legend that for whatever reason turned out not to be popular in the United States. <laughs> and uh, Huge. So big in South Africa. It's like David yeah. Hasselhoff. I was going to say, it sounds like the German Hasselhoff. Yeah. Yeah. He, it, un, unbelievable. Um, but the, the music stands up like the, the, that's the weird thing. Like today, like I said, I, I heard the songs on the documentary and I'm like, this is good stuff. And so today I immediately went to Amazon music. I had to, to make a drive a dentist appointment. Uh, it's about a 40 minute drive. So I listened to them all the way there, all the way back. When I got home, I was actually doing work and I'm listening to them and I'm like, this is really, really good music. I mean, he, there are four or five songs that are as good as any song, any classic rock songs out there. Period. Wow. And oh, I'm I'm, I'm glad you liked it, man. Because listening to your review kind of gave me chills. And because watching the movie uh, or documentary, I, I it was the exact same thing. Like when they come across that he was still around and alive. Like I was like, wow, this like this is this is honestly got the, the truth of, of of his legacy. And I was pissed. I don't know. There's no spoilers here, but the thing that that people won't get necessarily get based on my review is by the way, because he wasn't a, a commercial hit in the United States, uh, the half million albums that he sold in South Africa, he netted zero money. Yeah. yeah. And yeah then nice. they, they talked to the Motown exec who actually owned the contract. 
And then he gave the mealy mouth excuses to how the money got siphoned off and he didn't get any money either. But clearly people profited off this guy because this guy, and, and that's the other thing that's not known again. And I know I'm going over my 30 seconds, but South Just Africa a during the, during a, during apartheid, there were a number of people who wanted to be allies for uh, the black people in Africa, but they couldn't. The penalties for supporting anti-apartheid movements uh, in South Africa were so steep. Uh, but this music was like, no, screw that. Do the right thing. The man just shouldn't get up. And literally, South African government was buying his albums and then uh, physically uh, def- making it so that they couldn't play certain songs that actually had really <laughs> solid messages about how life should be. Uh, and, uh, and and again, they, the the Motown exec used that as, as an excuse as to why he didn't, nobody got paid. But literally, this guy should be a multimillionaire household name like Michael Jackson or Elvis or Janis Joplin. He should be that. And wow. nobody's heard of Sixto Rodriguez. And he lives in the Motor City. Yeah, I, I haven't. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's no, he's no Hasselhoff. I mean, he can't even walk down the street in Berlin. With him in South Africa, it's the exact same thing. Like, I, I, Why his music got picked up on you know, so much there – uh, and and didn't catch on here like it like it should have uh, is absolutely it, fe- it feels like it, again it feels like the fix is in because especially being the, the one the one thing that really stood out to me is the people who critiqued him in the U.S. they did not say oh it was just a style thing they were saying that of the people that they had seen and they had the Motown executive he was top five he was above Elvis come on. That's that's what professionals were saying about his talent, and and quite honestly, when I listened to his two albums today, it, I'm like, yeah, the music sounds like what I would expect to hear between 1968 and 1975 on the radio, and it's as good or better than anything out there. Yeah, Todd, but did you like it? Loved it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, a, 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 I was I, I want to say a plus, a solid a. <laughs> Fair All right, wow. Jorge Guadalupe. If you guys are looking into that artist, that's his name. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Way to take away from that one. Moving along, still yeah, right, Rodriguez. All right, so moving along, new assignments. Uh, new assignments for. No, oh, it's the MF and Gentleman's Agreement. Oh, <laughs> forgot done. That Bob, Bob put that little gem together. <laughs> <laughs> So new assignments are going to be, uh, Todd, you've got me. Uh, I have Greg. Greg has Corey. Corey has Todd. Oh, man, another one. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. So <laughs> let that uh, – does anybody need some time to let that marinate? I need a second. You need a second. I get, I get a couple things. I, I'm trying to figure out if I want to give you a series or a movie. Okay. Uh, so I can go first uh, for Greg. Um, which I don't know. You've probably seen this before, but uh, Dave Chappelle's new special on yep. Netflix. Yep. Okay. Did everyone see that? That's yes. Fantastic. Okay. Shut up. It hasn't been assigned to you yet. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, I Buried My Heart at Wounded Knee? No. Watch it. What's it on? God now, um, it may be maybe a rental on Amazon. Um, it's a little bit of an older movie, um, but I'm sure it'll let you know right on Google. Oh, 
take a look. Uh, bury my heart at wounded knee. Looks like uh, these are just. It looks like Audible, Kindle Store, Barnes and Noble. Oh, these are the books. But anyhow, look it up. You'll I'll, find. I'll it. find it. You'll find it. Anyone else want to go? Todd, I if can, you, I can go. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask Nick. Nick, have you seen American Sniper? No. Holy fuck. Wow. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I get so pissed when you say these things. <laughs> what? What are you pissed about? That you haven't seen. So oh. good. Okay. Fuck. I haven't. Good job, Todd. I haven't even thought about. Thank you. Assigning, uh, thinking about assigning like, that because I just that assume, you think everybody's seen. Yeah, <laughs> that's just something like, dude, run of the mill. He's had to have seen it. Holy shit! Okay, sorry. Go go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm guess I'm guessing I have American Sniper. All right. So. <laughs> you do. All right. Todd, have you seen White Boy? Ah, you know what? That's I have not seen it. It's on my list of things to watch. So, well, guess what, buddy? Thank you for signing. Time to check it. it out. I feel like you watch that's it every right. weekend. White, white boy Rick, right? Yes, sir. I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to play off of uh, you liking uh, Six Del Rodriguez that much. Sweet, so. yeah. Cause I know. I know that's a true story too. Yeah, yeah. I've I actually. That's been on. It, it has been on my list of things to watch for a while. But th- this this podcast thing has really made it difficult to watch my <laughs> my personal t- to watch list. <laughs> Todd, you understand? You have hours and hours and hours throughout your week that you are not working <laughs> and you've got two hours of potential <laughs> podcast homework. Hang on, so. hang on. No, this, I don't know what you're, I feel like we're fortunate enough to have Todd here and he's squeezing <laughs> us in because oh, the schedule I, is so busy. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with the, with the new dog and wonderful wife that he has and, and 12 chickens, the helicopter and the chickens. chickens and the PVC adjustments for the coop. I mean, <laughs> we are pretty lucky. I would say, which Danielle was very impressed by, uh, by the look of the new puppy uh, already. She that's a big pup. Yeah, he, he's ninety two pounds. Jesus. He's ninety two pounds as of yesterday. Yeah, I get wow. updates. No offense, five I know. And half, I, I know five people, and a half months. I know people don't think you know I'm the biggest dog fan, but I, I don't think it's really too hard to impress Corey and Danielle with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be more surprised if they were like, "Dude, I told Danielle about your dog," and she was like, eh, eh, "Not whatever. for me." Must be for Todd, but you know, but every dog is like a beautiful creature. Like it's the mo- it's the best dog in the world. No offense, awesome Todd, because you have a super no, super no, cool dog. They're, they're awesome beings, and and I know and it's funny. I always tell Mary, I'm like, we are very much biased. We always think that our dogs are beautiful because <laughs> they're your dogs. <laughs> but Bo is Bo is pretty amazing, and he's pretty unique. You don't see very many kind of corsos out there, so. Uh, He's been he's been a joy, and, and we are not accustomed to having a dog. Even I mean, Max is 130 pounds. Roddy's grow for two full years, and Max didn't finish filling out for about two and a half years. So to have a puppy that is five and a half months old that is 92 pounds and skinny as a rail is really weird. So we we've had talks, <laughs> and we're gonna before next week we're gonna have a podcast meeting, and we're gonna talk about potential segments. We, we maybe come full circle. That's my for, dog. That's got, my dog. I, I've been, I've been, I've been working on the. I've been, <laughs> I haven't gotten to the Funko this where I, I crack myself up uh, yet uh, with what I got going, but I am working on that actively. Yeah, I would, I would appreciate some, uh, and we'll get back to to Greg's, but I, I would appreciate you know maybe some barking in the background, 
I uh, already got that. Bark tracks already get, gotten here. Bark oh, tracks. <laughs> okay, we we can't top bark tracks. Right. So, uh, Greg, you have yes. an assignment for Corey. Uh, do, have you seen Sandcastle? I uh, don't believe I have. It doesn't sound familiar. It's on Netflix. All right, then. Digital Netflix. Sandcastle. It shall be. Who? Uh, I who think is? that's everybody. Is that everybody? Oh yeah, because they have five without. Yeah. Oh, Bob. No B.O.B. <laughs> Terrible. Nick and his... Uh, I don't want any more. No shot this time. <laughs> I'll take none of that, please. Yes. And speaking of dogs. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. I got multiple <laughs> bark jacks going. I like If you could... It's funny. I have a little... I, I've been actually trying to uh, to get up my, uh, my game here because the gentleman's agreement that Nick did because I didn't get my assignment done is so fabulous. I'm like, I got to go over the top. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm running to get, to get shots and I'm just looking at Corey and Greg, uh, <laughs> who are just have a look on their face. Like any sort of helicopter pilot just parachuted out of the, the cockpit. <laughs> and, and I'm just hearing silence and I'm like, God, I please hope. I really hope Todd's saying something right now, <laughs> and they're not just playing barking noises and just staring no, at computers. No, Todd, Todd, <laughs> Todd was talking. Of course, Todd was I was, talking. of course, I was yammering. Thanks, yeah. Todd. I appreciate <laughs> that, brother. <laughs> I'm trying to like motion to them. I mean, you you'd think that I was trying to SOS by the way my arms were going. We, we Neither got, of them we, were paying we, attention. We, we yeah, got say, this. We dude, we know what we're doing. Oh, okay. It was fine. <laughs> Something. I was more looking at you like, God damn, here comes some more fire. I, I just that was my I just look. didn't want to get sometimes uh Corey gets into a rabbit hole where he's like, Oh, let's find out, see if it's on Google. And then he'll just go <laughs> click, click, exactly. click, 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 click. We're all sitting here listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay. Even when Bob's here, sometimes he gets drawn in and he's like, Yeah, Corey's gonna look it up for us. And then he stops and I'm like, right. Okay, <laughs> we're on an audio podcast. <laughs> so let's and he's like, Oh yeah. Uh so I can't imagine anything better than uh, listening to someone Google something. So, moving right along, um, we can go next to either back to some hundred questions. Uh, we'll save Todd's celebrity encounters for another week <laughs> because I don't know why we've hidden that gem in your asshole, but that was fucking fantastic. And even not liking sports, I know Bob Probert, um, and I think that's awesome, and I would like to know more about that. But... Um, can I can I throw out a complaint to you though before you get yeah, to your, before you pick your segment things? So remember we were talking about people driving in the left lane who should get over and then they kind of they they cock block you so you can't pass them and and then you they because they go faster. Intimately, I actually, yes. there's another road phenomenon I want to complain about. Okay, and it's it's the 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 exact opposite of that. Recently, I've I've been having to drive and I'm trying to get on these highways and merge in. And there are people driving like 51 miles per hour in a 60 in the right lane, even even and not moving when they're in the right lane when people are trying to merge on. And so you can't go fast enough to go around them, and you can't go slow. <laughs> and, and like you end up merging onto the highway at like 47 miles per hour. I, I will. And then you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. And then you, as I pat, as I like floor it and burn a gallon of gas, going. <laughs> Why am I? Why are we going forty-seven miles per hour in a sixty? <laughs> why do people drive under the speed limit on a highway? That—that's my. 
I just want to know that. So I, I will honestly tell you that my absolute don't even have to think about it. With, Sorry, that's why, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so apparently someone just broke it uh, into a Brinks truck. <laughs> I don't know what that noise was, but um, my absolute biggest pet peeve, no questions asked, are people that feel they do not have to yield to merging traffic coming off of an on-ramp, and they just buckle down and stay in the right lane <laughs> And they're like, it doesn't matter. I mean, so basically you are you are accelerating to go from a residential, typically a residential speed or like a 45 mile an hour road speed to like a 70 mile an hour speed. Yep. And it's it's yep. it's like you're a plane taking when off. When you're going down the speed chute, yes. you need that room to merge. Yeah, we call it yes. the on-ramp in the, in yeah, the well, States, it's a but speed chute. I'm not sure. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the the point of that on ramp is to gain speed to get on the expressway, and the yes. law the law stipulates that you are to yield to oncoming traffic from the on ramp, and so just as if you were in the left lane, the passing lane, that you are to yield to anyone behind you that would like to pass. It's not your constitutional right to drive the seventy miles an hour, and people need to go around me. No, <laughs> they've found that it causes more accidents for people to try and pass on the right instead of passing on the left when they should. So the left lane should be kept for just passing. Much like that, if someone comes up riding your ass, regardless of whatever their speed they're going, if you're in the left lane, get the fuck over to the right because that yes, is please. not your right to stay in that lane, it is a passing exactly. lane. And it causes more accidents for you to stay in that lane than it would for you to not even be in it at all. But much like that, the oncoming traffic coming from a residential area is trying to gain speed to a highway speed. And when they're coming at, you know, inching their way up like like a like a runway, like a tarmac, like imagine if, if you were getting to that speed where you're about to take flight and another plane just kind of just turned right into the runway and was like, oh, my right, too bad, you're going to have to slow down. Like, no, no, that's not the way it goes. We're launching a car here. You Dude, it, it, it's funny you mentioned this today because I this week on, on the way to work, I did see a van literally stopped at the bottom of an on-ramp getting on to 696. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, oh, I so wish I could stop just to see this car get ass-packed so hard. <laughs> Dude, the the worst, and it doesn't happen often because they're typically professional drivers. Um, but there are some circumstances where I like to give the benefit the benefit of the doubt and not think that they're hedonistic. But when a semi truck driver is in the right yep. lane, and because it's literally a you know twenty foot wall uh, that you're going to run into, like hey, uh, imagine when you get to that seventy mark and now there's no more road left. If I put a big wall in front of you. Uh, that yep. that makes no sense. It's and you've got people behind you, so it's not something like where you're at a four way stop, where you come to a stop sign and then you gain speed again. Like so, there is nothing. I give it up to the. the I never blame it on the, the semi truck drivers. That happens if you get behind a semi. I get it. I'm like they're trying to come up to speed and they can't actually gun it because to your point, <laughs> if traffic <laughs> is stopped in front of them, they're screwed. Yeah. But but I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about yeah, I'm not talking about the semi coming on the on ramp in front of you. Like I get that, it sucks. It's like, you know, being behind an, uh, an old man, you know. And but I, I would assume for them too, it, especially a place like um, Southfield Freeway or yeah. even ninety four for that that matter. Like getting on there, they're probably like, Oh my god, I hate doing this because 
they know they're not going to be able to pick up speed the way, you know, cars are already on the freeway. So I'm sure to them it's not any fun either. But when it's when it's size on their side, when it's abs- right. when the when the freeway is absolutely packed and, and the semis in the right lane and you almost fucking smack into them, I, I'm credit where credit's due. I'm like, I, I get this. You're you're too big to move over. You, you can't. So you can only do so much. But either step on the brakes or accelerate a little bit. But even then, I don't give them shit. My problem is when the left and middle lane are clear. And, and the semi in the right lane Whoa. is just listening to eastbound and down by the Almond Brothers <laughs> and just fucking going 60 <laughs> right at the same time that he's covering, like eclipsing that on-ramp. And man, oh man, I swear to God, if that road is running out and that happens, I will gun it on the shoulder and lay on my horn and swerve in front of that mm-hmm. fucking semi. I am so, And they look at you like... What's going on? What is this guy so mad about? Like, I'm like, get the fuck. You're a wall. You're a moving wall. Get the fuck over, you dick. Yep. And I can never see them because they're too high up and it pisses me off. But I give them the benefit of the doubt most of the time unless it's clear. Nine times out of ten, yes. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. If I'm going down the ramp and it's like, okay, there's plenty of room for you to get over. Please get over. And then they don't. And you're like, okay, you're stuck in that mode. Like, oh. Do I gun it and hope I don't like drive down the rumble strips for yeah know, quarter mile or do you where all the where all the broken car parts are yeah and nails <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. and yeah. fucking deer carcasses yeah, yeah. that yeah. that and and and, and again uh, my my recent I've had that issue and secondarily people who want to merge onto the highway going fifty miles per hour I'm like dude we're you're merging on it's gonna be seventy why are we going thirty five come on we're halfway down the <laughs> halfway down the ramp we're still going forty no come that, on now. That that drives oh my goodness me, that drives me insane. And as I've t- <laughs> I've talked before, what also drives me crazy is, you know, the rare moment that I'm actually in a personable mood, which I typically hate people, and I'm not, um, but that I'm in a personable mood. And whether you're in the left lane, the right lane, whatever it may be, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna fucking I don't care, whatever. I, I'm gonna get around you, and it upsets the driver. The slow driver, it upsets them when you go around them. And as you go around them, they accelerate. And I'm like, what? This makes zero logical sense. Like, there's nothing logical about what this, what is happening right now. This is not a competition. There's, I'm not going to win a cash prize. Like, if you wanted to go that slow and I was nice enough to turn the other cheek, even though you're doing something illegal, and then I go to go around you and you're like, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. I, I love when people do that to me because then I do get in front of them because I'm that asshole that'll do 100 down the freeway and not give two shits, and then I get in front of them and then slow down to, like, 60, and then I won't let them try to pass me. But I, I absolutely I absolutely love the person that is in the left lane or wherever it may be, and they know you're gridlocked. You've got two semis in the next two lanes, and they are just driving Miss fucking Daisy going yeah. six, 68, <laughs> yeah. and then magically, magically, when finally you inch your way past this wall of trucks and it's open, their, their accelerator works again. They, they all start, all of a sudden they start going 79, and you're like, oh, because now you know I can pass you? You dick. I'll still pass them. Yeah. I don't oh, care. dude, I will go 100 100%. to pass them. Oh, yeah, every time. <laughs> no. we have traffic traffic wars our new segment yeah that's what really grinds my gears <laughs> god i wanted to i wanted to get that complaint out there i, I just had to i'm like this week has been horrible for that for me yeah it, it really enrages me i get road rage 
and uh, I'm not confrontational in that aspect, but it takes a lot. But that that can, I I will. I will kick a kitten through an electric fan at that point. So. I, I, brought, I brought it up because today, today I had a dental appointment, and, and uh, again, they used the, the wrong thing on me. But I, So I get it, go to my dentist today, and the, uh, the hygienist goes, I'm going to get your blood pressure, Mr. Dillon. And I'm like, and it's a 40-minute 40, 40 no. drive from my house on all highway, and people doing dumbassery. And she's like, yes. blood pressure's 247 over, over 200. Is that normal for you? Yes, she's at like, this point. Only, like, when, only when I'm driving. Only like, when I'm driving. She's, she's like, we, we've dialed 9-1 because we think that you're going to have a heart attack. And I'm like, oh. she's like, was traffic bad? I'm like, this asshole was driving 57 <laughs> miles per hour Dude, in I, the right lane and I couldn't merge. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, your blood pressure is 120 over 80. Perfect. <laughs> I go, yeah, I go, yeah, you're normal. Like, now, I'm, now I'm good. <laughs> I I would uh, honestly at the at that point, yeah, I I don't want to have to shoot people. So <laughs> I would rather have a tarantula lay eggs in my ears than have to fucking deal with another second of that bullshit. When I, when I used to drive down Warren Avenue a lot, I would have, especially in the winter time, I would keep a case of water in the back of my car. Uh huh. And the bottles would freeze. And you just chunk people them at people's would, windows. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just throw them at people because like I don't I don't want to shoot anybody. Yeah, that's not that's not. What but I if they do. skid off the road because a rogue water bottle cracks their windshield and they can't see and that's they kill them. themselves, I mean, then if if you really if natural you really, selection, exactly. If you really want to get people, get some uh, some WD forty, and if you got like a sunroof and people are giving you problems behind you, just spray that out there. Like on the windshield, they're trying yeah. to spray it. Up. It, it. It doesn't come off with windshield wiper fluid. You have to get hey, out of the car. Just, just so you know, for us motorcyclists out there, Greg, that's also bad. We don't need any of those things slippery on our two tires. I'm just, I'm just saying for cars. <laughs> but I will, t- I will tell you a nice little trick that's not a huge inconvenience, but it's very hysterical to watch. If somebody is absolutely riding your ass to the point where you can't even see their headlights, they're so far up your fucking ass in, in, in their car, just hit your washer fluid. Just hold it down. <laughs> And hit it, and all of a sudden they start swerving and they back up, and their their wipers start going left and right, and it's the best when they have a shiny new car. <laughs> it's just amazing, you know. They don't want any water spots, but amazingly enough, it, it backs them right up. So, so moving along, we're gonna we're gonna do this. You just uh, taught me something. Oh, dude, it's it's fun because I just left 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 lane dickheads do that to me all the time. All the time, I'm like you fucker you're getting fucking washer fluid over my cleanly washed corvette you fuck stick you know get out of the right left get out of the left lane you know you know what's really cool just <laughs> just just take some uh blue food coloring and just make that washer fluid dark as fuck oh boy spray it right back because it's not gonna hurt the car just spray it right back dude i feel like james bond with an oil slick it's an amazing feeling just watch their wipers go on so moving on we're gonna do this uh, uh schnozcast shot and then we're going to wrap it up with pick of the week. Cheers. Salute. How much time we got, Corey? Uh, we're going, we still got about another 15 minutes. Another 15? Yeah. Okay, so before pick of the week, we can do uh, a couple more questions. So uh, we'll go to everyone for this question. Uh, would you rather eat a raw egg or a raw steak and why? Corey. I'm going to say egg. A rag. Yeah. What kind of steak are we talking about? <laughs> Whatever you want. Wag, no, it could I'm, be Wagyu. I'll, I'll probably just do the egg. It's smaller, quicker. So just not a swallow it. Not a steak. Yeah, oh you, you guys are missing, missing, missing. For, it. First of all, never, never, never had it. 
Never had it. Steak but tartare? Steak tartare, I would definitely it's do. fabulous. Is it really? Fabulous. Yes. Dude, I, I and and I've had I've had I've had I've had the the I've had both. I've had a raw egg. I've had couple, many raw eggs, and I've had raw steak. And if you get a really good steak, uh, that was actually as my, was a child. My parents' steak to us was like round steak, so it was never ever quality steak. So they were and they were always cooked until they they were almost leather. <laughs> uh, but when I actually finally had a steak that was prepared properly, I'm like, wow, I really like like medium medium rare steaks, but when I actually had a really, really good steak from a good quality butcher, I actually had a raw cut of a porterhouse, the the uh, strip side, uh, very lean, uh, solid steak, and I had that raw, oh and it was God. fabulous, fabulous. I I would so, I would say if if it was uh, served up like sashimi, um, very thinly cut, uh, in a way, and they prepared it with. Yep. you know, certain acids or things like that to actually cook the meat without cooking it. Um, you know, whether it be however they do it, but I, I feel like in tartar, they, they mix some kind of acid with it to kind of cure. They, the mix, meat. they mix acids with tar, with the tartar and some oils, but here's the other thing. By the way, I get the question is, he had to eat a whole steak that way. But if you had, if you had a piece of steak of a really good steak that was cooked, uh, that was not cooked at all, I think that's still way better than the raw egg. And I've, like I said, I've had raw eggs. Uh, once you get past the the first two times you do it, you want to throw up just because of the the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. The flavor is fine, but so I, I steak, can't, still steaks my go to. Yeah, I would probably say the same thing. I for me, I raw egg and raw chicken is one of the most you know disgusting smelling things in the world, um, food wise. And uh, if I ever needed some assistance one night with a rumbling tummy and I wanted to make myself throw up. That's all I have to think about is put some raw chicken or a raw egg in my mouth and I'll be like, Whoop! And that, say, raw, <laughs> raw chicken will make you, could make you sick for longer. Yeah, yeah. Raw egg. If that's going to get you to throw up, that's actually, as long as you don't have some, it doesn't have salmonella, you're good. Yeah. Well, so actually it's a roll of the, the dice. Other, the other thing I'd say with that though, is a lot. And I think a lot, I am sad for all the people who haven't discovered that, Having a piece of uh, a solid piece of pork, not ground pork, but pork, medium rare, is actually really solid as well. So surprisingly enough, like as much as I've been dabbling in the culinary arts, like I, I just can't. It's a taste thing. I can't other than bacon or like pulled pork or something like that. Like I've never been like a like a pork tenderloin or a pork chop kind of person. Like it just doesn't do anything for me. We're sending out. We're going to send the chopper out, and I'm going to oh, I'm going to show you pork 17 ways, and I'm going to change your I'm going to change your world. I hope so. I would I would love to like it, you know, because it's a very common thing. But you know, I never grew up in a pork chop family. I feel like that I had parents that grew up with pork chops, so they were like, "Oh God, this is the last thing we're going to cook." Dude, yeah, we, yeah. My, my well, parents and a lot of people cooked it really poorly. My, I'm my sure. parents didn't do a great job with that. Fortunately, I had uh, other family members who cooked pork properly. And then again, after going to a really good, the I remember being, I, I like called the, I like brought the waiter back. I had a medium rare steak, uh, a pork steak, somewhere, and and I'm like, hey, this isn't done. I'm gonna get sick. He's like, no, no. If you don't like it, we can cook it more, but give it a taste. And I'm like, oh my god! I didn't know. It's all about the bacteria effect. And if you have, if it's a hunk of meat, not ground meat, just like hamburger, right? Mm-hmm. 
you're going to get you can eat a raw steak. It's all about where the bacteria can get to and the inner parts of a good pork loin or chunk of high quality pork that's seasoned up right. Yeah, you can have it. You don't have to have it. You don't have to have it cooked to leather like it, consistency. It's just so crazy. I mean, the reason that so many cultures like don't even eat cooked pork is you know uh, pigs are are something that you know that they used to not for nothing. Yeah, I yeah, because yeah, pig, pigs root around their own shit. Here's here's my here's my counter to that now. So now that I'm a, a basically a chicken farmer, mm-hmm. if you don't think that chickens are filthy animals, <laughs> oh, I'm basically a chicken farmer. Chicken, okay, t- until like, until you chop one's head off and eat it, you're I'm, not a chicken farmer. I'm like chickens are a dude. You're an egg farmer. Chickens are filthy beings. Oh, they're dude. Why why do you think you know we have bird flus and all that other stuff? I mean, it's disgusting. Yeah. I, I get it. Chickens eat ticks and and you know eat gravel eat and ticks. all they, that shit. Actually, the I I I Mary was pissed at me this week because we for whatever normally when you walk through my lawn, you could pick up a slug every fifteen feet at, at the most. God, we got to figure so out. We a have way huge to slugs those. out here in Washington. Uh, but anyway, we we couldn't find it in our yard. We were out walking the dogs the other day, and there's a the a school that you go to, and they have thousands of them. So I picked up. Uh, seven or eight slugs brought them back for my chickens out in the coop and the funniest thing happened the, i don't know if they like the taste as much as they like that when slugs are alarmed they emit this goo that's sticky and i think it tastes really bad but i don't think chickens taste it but the chickens were loving the fact that they had that goo all over their beaks and shit was sticking Aww. to it and, and they're freaking chasing each other around dude i put fresh fresh basil fresh parsley oh they're like chickens love fresh herbs and vegetables dude i've been putting more fresh vegetables in the coop than anybody can can imagine and they're like no nah, we don't like this but as soon as they get that goop from those slugs on their beaks they're freaking insatiable and these little ve- velociraptors destroyed <laughs> all seven slugs i put in there so i can't wait literally it's like piranhas now i'm like i can't wait to find more slugs you should you should, you should buy uh you should buy those mealworms like those feeder mealworms and just i got gr- so here's here's the funny thing i bought uh, there's i have grubs i have a uh, uh, packaged grubs now here's the funny thing and actually i'll send you guys over the video i mean who too. doesn't i have pa- i have packaged grubs and my older chickens my first six that are out in the coop they don't your big cocks, the, right? They're big cocks. They don't see <laughs> he was, the hesitation. He's like, it's like a rusty rake saying this right now. He's like, yeah, yeah the big, but here's a get this though. I, I will send you the video over. Uh, when I put the grubs in with my new three day old chickens, actually, today is Saturday, so they're four days old, dude. It was like giving a bunch of businessmen rails of cocaine. They <laughs> could not get enough of it they're running around it look if i'm gonna send you the video and it'll look like you'll think i sped it up they're like little crackheads going crazy over grubs so i'm like i have my new fix for my little four-day-old chicks uh they love them grubs but the the reason uh of why i'm so adverse to pork i mean it's mostly the flavor but it's one of the few animals that like didn't they send in pigs to like take care of snake issues and things like that because the venom doesn't really affect them? Um, and pigs have, um, instead of like bacteria and things like that going into their stomach and, and infecting them, pigs have like a waste chute that goes down through their hooves and they like secrete any 
poison or waste I have never that heard goes that. into their body. Yeah, through this like that sounds made up. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying it, you're wrong. No, yeah, I mean, you're well, probably right. Well, and, I just, and, and I don't quite know. honestly, if they are super beings that can expel any known toxin, uh, you already named the main reason why pigs should exist and be bred in multitudes: bacon, <laughs> yes. back bacon, pancetta, uh, pork loin, pork belly, uh, pork ch- pork belly. Exactly. We you, should you the the, the pig. I'm like I. The, if you get if it's done right, Nick, the fact that they root around in their own shit and they may be super the superheroes of of, of toxic waste, yeah, uh, that makes it all the better. I'm so like, it, so it says if they're, if they're the cockroaches of the freaking livestock family, so be it. So it says here that tasty. the pig the pig is so poisonous and filthy that nature had to prepare a direct sewer line or canal running down each leg with an outlet at the bottom of the hoof. Um, out of this hole oozes pus, filth, and his body that his body cannot pass into its system fast enough. So any kind of poisons or pus or infection that they, then, the pig deems unnecessary uh, or might be uh, horrible for them bacon. to digest, it just oozes out of their hooves into the mud. It said some pig barbecued ribs. It said some some of this pus gets into the meat of the pig. So Cold pork. People also ask. <laughs> people also ask. Do pigs excrete waste in addition to an adaptive digestive Bob Evans sausage? In addition to an adaptive digestive system that supports opportunistic scavenging, pig, pigs can excrete toxins through their hooves. So, in the event that they do eat too much garbage, their bodies still have a backup plan to rid them of the poison. Which That's I, what I'm talking about. Which I think it's back a... in the day, why they used them to to kill snakes. They'd go up to them, they'd grab them, and they'd shake them to death. And whether they got say, a ven- venomous bite to them wouldn't do anything. It right would now. just you know ooze out of their hooves. Hey, hey Nick. Yeah. Being that you're, you're a burgeoning culinary giant. Yeah, yeah. What's the preferred animal to find the best truffles in the world? Oh, dude. Of course, pigs. Doesn't mean I do. And I, I love I love bacon. I'll eat the shit. <laughs> I'll eat the shit out of some bacon, but I will cook it. <laughs> we should. But when you're should. like, oh, medium rare pork, and you see all these videos of these little worms coming out yeah. of fresh pork. Because of the parasites they can hold and not get sick from, like yeah, that's the part. Pork. That's the part where I'm you. like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got you covered. I got you covered. Yeah, we should do one of those. Uh, go down to Texas and do one of the helicopter hog hunts. That'd yeah, be awesome. Oh, dude, that's so with the wild boars. Yeah, they used to put a limit on stuff. There's, it's unlimited now. Was, they don't even, there's, there's, there's so videos, many. There's videos everywhere of people just going crazy on those yeah. things because there there are so many of them. Yep. That that, that, be, that yeah, Todd, that'd be a good cook up right there. Okay, I'm, so dude, like I said, I've I've cooked I've cooked a uh, suckling pig on my egg, and I would cook another one tomorrow if you guys bring it. So we'll do this question. We'll do pick of the week, and we will wrap it up because I think we are about done and we're out of time right now. But uh, to make it a little bit more serious, what is the one defining feature that makes you an adult? The one defining feature that you could say like, okay. This this is my adult self. This is not something that was carried on for childhood. I will go first, and I will say that it took a long time for me to understand that I, I, I would normally say a man, but I will say a person is only as good as their word and is the only thing that you're going to take with you when you die because people aren't going to remember the money you had. People aren't going to remember um, you know all these other things in your life, but they're going to say, hey, look, when I talk to Greg – 
and Greg told me he was going to do something, it happened. And if he shook your hand and looked you in the eye, it was good as gold. And it's like a credit card, you know. I mean, you're given that credit based on past history. So not saying I have great credit because I don't, but <laughs> but as far as my word, I like to think that if I say something, it happens. But that's only something that I was able to understand as an adult. So that's my one, that's my one thing. Um, I would think I'd I'd still have to have the mindset of an adult yet to really know. <laughs> and a more honest answer could not be found for Corey Selesky. So there you go. Done. We're moving past you because that on. is there could I, not be a better answer for you. Moving on. What do you think, Todd? Uh, I'd say it's it's not just about me. Yeah, selflessness. I, mean, I was going to say when you put somebody else's needs in front of your own. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's not just about me. And that's outside of like romantic feelings. Yeah. For Mary, like for your your common the commonality you have for another man or another woman. Like yeah, that. I mean ultimately it was amplified. I mean the pandemic amplified it. It was yeah. I think you get married, and you're like, hey, I got to look out for Mary, and we got we don't have kids, we have dogs, and. Again, I know people think that, that animal people are crazy, but if you don't have if you don't have kids, we do the same things that parents of real kids do. We actually assign that place in our lives for them. They're as important as anybody's kids that were birthed from them. So we do those things. And like I said, you be, I knew that you you know you're an adult. I remember I had dogs before I was an adult. Uh, I had a dog that had separation anxiety because it didn't exercise it enough, and it ran away, and I was hurt, but. Like looking back on it now, I was a shitty human being because I wasn't an adult yet. I shouldn't have gotten. I should. I did an adult thing. I took a life and life's responsibility into my hands and fucked it up. Well, it's kind uh, of upsetting so, if you didn't exercise it enough and it ran away and you couldn't catch it. No, well, it, there's a whole longer story. Okay, that. well, don't don't depress us, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a longer story about that. It, it didn't run away on on my watch, although I, I'm to, ultimately I bought the dog, so the blame that it is it was it didn't live its life with me is 100% my fault. But yeah, I think that's when I figured out that uh, life was more about life and getting things done was more than just about me. I think that's, that's the defining moment as to when I became an adult and all about you, and, sweetheart. No. And, and like I said, even, even now with, with, and I was referencing the pandemic, it's not even just about the people that are and beings that are in my home. It's about people who, look like me or feel like me or have the same interests as me. And so it is imperative that we give back to everybody that we can because we're, we'll, we'll be enriched by it. So I think I'm become, I'm, I'm still evolving as an adult, but once I figured out it wasn't just about me, I think I, I became an adult. Eloquently put, sir. Uh, Greg, what about you, sir? I kind of agree with Todd almost to a, to a point. Like, okay, I don't, Bob. I don't, well, it's... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's tough, right? So... It's, it's Greg, when... I think you would be the easiest. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I, knowing you okay. and knowing the stupid shit you did as a kid. <laughs> like, Oh, I still do that stupid you, but shit. But not to that extent. <laughs> but not, no. No, not uh, to that extent. I, I guess... feel like it would be an easy answer. Well, no. I, well, because Todd went a little more elaborate. I was like, you know, when you kind of put somebody else's needs or... Um, maybe when you put the value on other things other than, say, money, like a, a monetary value, 
on something. Like somebody's friendship that you may take for granted. If I called you Mm -hmm. and was like, hey, man, I'm struggling with this project at the house. Can you come by? And you're like, yeah, I'll be over there in a minute. I think at that point is when you kind of become an adult. Like, oh, I can rely on somebody other than like, hey, I need to borrow some money. Right. It's it's kind of a... Because like, I don't want to say, oh, you get your house, so you become an adult. That's not true. But you like, know, if if I were to tell you, you have three people you can call on your phone, you would know those three people that you should call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know who would be there. Yep. And that's important. And that's an important part. So moving right along, we're going to we're gonna finish it out with pick of the week. Um, we're going a little over on time, but that's okay. Um, so pick of the week this week, uh, Todd, do you have one, yep. sir? We'll I do. start with you. I do. And, and I don't, I don't know if there's a corollary to it, but, uh, have, has, have you guys heard of these new and they're new, literally new sugar bee apples? Let <laughs> no. me go with the apples again. Yeah. He's big on the apples. <laughs> well, I, I am because and I am because again, as a, as a foodie, mm-hmm. uh, I hated apples as a kid. If you if you told me I had to eat an apple, and, and so and I think I, I shared this on the podcast. When I had my first honey crisp, crisp apple, I called my mother and cursed her out because I'm like, you bitch. You're going to be eating fucking Red Delicious, and there's an apple that actually tasted good? And she's like, I don't think that was invented yet. I think that this, this sugar bee apple was just invented, and get this. It Holy is fuck. on par. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Todd. The honey crisp and the cosmic crisp. What? And and it its retail price is like a buck ninety nine a pound. Yeah, that, that's Dude. that's why I literally just said holy fuck because uh, Greg literally just pulled up the Should what it costs for a dozen, and right now what he found uh, fifty nine dollars for a dozen. A dozen honeybee apples, sugar bee apples. Yes, that's like the goal, the standard. Yeah, yeah it, you it, bitches it, are struggling. It's a buck ninety nine a pound up in here. You know what? You know, <laughs> you, know what you know what's you know what's crazy though is that we look at that and we wag our finger, but we have no issue dropping seventy bucks to buy a case of beer and some Fireball, like yeah, at, this at, good. At, the, at the liquor good, store good. on a weekly basis. Like, no, this is this could be something that you were like, yeah, I'm just gonna try this once. This is not like I'm buying this every fucking day or every fucking week, but it's just it's just so funny the stuff that we will spend it, our money on. Well, not not even that though. It resonates with me because of this. We're we, as we were kids, all of us can say that at some point during our lunch phase, our parents gave us apples to eat, and for most of my adult life, more than half of it, I have hated apples. I'm like apples suck. I don't want an apple pie. Apples are horrible, and the only apple that I'll even give a little bit of a C minus nod to is the Granny Smith because it's got a little. Oh, you hold your tongue, sir. You hold your tongue <laughs> on Granny Smiths. They are sour and delicious. It's a solid C minus apple. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying, now that I've like been, I've been pulled into. Now that I've had like, and and who knew that every year that people were going to designer invent a net new apple. This sugar bee apple is flying off the shelves at my local QFC because it's brand fucking new. Okay. They just said, you know what? People need an apple that tastes better than a Honeycrisp. We're like, no, sir. But we need one that's cheaper too. And I'm like, yes, sir. And so again, but it's not bee, cheaper in it. Well, for you, 
For me, it's a buck ninety nine a pound. Oh, okay. And when I get some of that, Ke- some, when I get some of that Kelly's bread, maybe I'll send a helicopter with some apples Katie's, from here. Katie's bread. Katie's bread. Katie's. Sorry, Katie. I can't. Well, I don't remember her name because she gave me bread. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Okay, so moving along to fiddle fingers over here, Corey. Go ahead. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, your pick of the week. Oh, that's right. Um, no, my pick of the week is. Uh, Wrangler ATG uh, pants. Oh, God. They're, dude, best pants I've ever in- invested in. Uh, I've got three <laughs> pairs now. Way better than jeans. Much more comfortable. Um, very durable. Very rugged. Uh, water resistant. Wick any any water right off the. Are they uh, better than fire hose dungarees? Oh yes. Oh God, yeah. Dude, Todd. Speaking of. Of apples, you should see Corey in these pants. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. My apples and peas, baby. Dude, they, oh, boy. they 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 are they are they are apples and peas and, and fucking little fucking red hot franks. My, my, my ass pops in them very well. It's it's, it's a little, little mushroom going on there. So he he doesn't he doesn't get them uh, where they're a little baggy either. No, they're, gotta, gotta, they're gotta, painted on. Corey is and Corey is I I get it because Corey doesn't understand pants he doesn't Corey doesn't buy jeans he doesn't wear jeans his his life he came out of shorts he came out of the womb in like shorts (laughs) and whether it was just excess skin or not in the form of shorts he was in shorts and he's been in shorts ever since so he's not a jeans kind of guy he's not Neil Diamond Um, (laughs) he's not he's not thrown on the Wranglers you know but he puts these on. He's very proud of himself. And I will say, aside from how fabulous his ass looks in these pants, uh, they look pretty cool. They look like some pretty cool pants. Oh, thank you, man. I, that means a lot coming from you. Yeah, I, I mean, they, because it's not uh, it's not a pair. Now? I'm, uh, I, no, I, have, no. I, have, I have shorts on right now. I have shorts on, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm yeah. not a huge uh, stray from the norm of jeans kind of guy when it comes to pants. I, I never thought I would have been either. Uh, but you hate jeans. Well, I just, I hate pants in general. Uh, so, but jeans are like the go-to thing because that's... Sergio Valentes. That's, that's, <laughs> all there, that's all there was. Valenta. But yeah. Find, dude, <laughs> finding these pants, uh, game changer. Absolute game changer. Hotch cross. Yeah. Hopscotch bun. <laughs> so, dude, it's the podcast of slips of the tongue. So, we're going on to Greg. I got nothing today. You got nothing. Oh, that's uh, and we sorry. saved you for that's last. You know what I think Greg's you know, is? I think Greg's is uh, Katie's Bakery. I'm, I'm actually I, I've done that before, but I'm staring. You at that son bread. of a bitch! What about, what I'm about staring something from Taylor right now? What about something from Taylor Made, Greg? So my so the if you are a golfer and you're looking for some new irons, some P790s or some P770s, depending on your style Skill. of golf, I, I really really do recommend <laughs> them. I, I managed there you to. Go. Play a quick little round with them, and uh, yeah, they're pretty nice. So, so I'll say this: uh, first time, short and sweet. Um, it is a heated towel rack. I've had the ex- I've had the experience of my my <laughs> uncle will buy certain things um, that he says are, are staples back home in the UK. That it's just not necessarily our first pick on things that we have standard here. And one of the, no matter the state of affairs of the house he moved into, 
it was one of the first things he had to get was a heated towel rack. So basically it's, it's just, this form was just stainless steel with like two or three rungs. You can get them as high as, as you are tall. My understanding of them is that they produce a radiant heat as opposed to blowing heat. Um, so just like a radiant heater, they're filled with an oil. So as it's not a fire risk, but it just looks like stainless steel bars connected to a rack and they, this oil heats up inside and this towel is the equivalent of taking a warm towel out of the driver dryer when, <laughs> when, go. when you fucking, when you, once. yeah, <laughs> when you get out of the shower, it's, it's, it's super warm. It's awesome. They're really cool. Um, I could give you a name brand, but just look it up on Amazon. They're, they have a million different kinds. So heated towel rack. That's going to be my pick. And that's going to be episode 165 of the Shazkins. Right? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> For Corey, Greg, and Mr. Todd Dillon, I'm Nick. Have a good night, everybody.